Good day. Hello. Good morning, everyone. How was the weekend? Hello. We are here. Can you hear yes, us? live and dynamic. How was your weekend? It was all good. Excellent. We did it a little bit yesterday, but you know. You ready for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> you got your Christmas tree stand out? Um, no. I'll tell you about it off air. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yes. All right. Are we ready for news headlines or not yet? Well, we, we went into a song. We stalled. Oh, okay. We, no worries. We stalled for, for as long as we could. And then we I had know. To... Slow it's... morning today. Yeah. Slow, like, uh, slow morning. I'm just checking my on my inputs to hopefully make sure everybody can hear you. And but you uh, we uh, we have 45 seconds only. Okay, keep talking, um, Blake. Yeah, all right. Well, let me tell you about um, a little game called Name That Sound, where mm -hmm. we give away cash every morning on the show. On mm -hmm. Friday, we had a winner win $500 cash. Her name was Monique. So we started again this morning. $500. With wow. Five. Good. Yeah, I know. It's a yeah. lot of cash. All right, we good? Yes, sir. Stand by. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, in addition to uh, me running a little bit late this morning when I got in the studio, I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? We are good. Good. Fantabulous. So in headlines this morning, all of us were suffering. Well, most of us, 95%, were suffering with horrendous traffic on Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I'm, I mean, it was just unbelievable. We're going to talk about it this morning, but um, it has certainly motivated uh, the premier who issued a statement about it. He apologized for it and promised the people of the Cayman Islands that he is going to be um, working on a solution forthwith. Yeah. So um, well, let's not close down the Seafarers Way on a Friday at, at rush hour. <laughs> but besides us being stuck in traffic and, you know, wanting to get to where we need to go. I mean, emergency vehicles trying to get through if something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? I saw a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was quite a situation for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about some of the details of that here today as well. And if it was even worth it all in the end. Mm. Um, you, we did. Uh, we did sneak down Saturday evening. Uh, we had Miles stay up a little bit later than usual. Mm -hmm. And um, we went down there and watched the fireworks. They were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Bless you. Thank you. COVID? Um, <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> Speaking of which, I need to go get that booster shot this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, two physicians at Doctor's Hospital got into a physical altercation on Friday as well. Maybe maybe it was just, maybe there was something going on. It was Friday the 13th? No, it wasn't, right? A anyway. Physical altercation. Uh, yes, Dr. Robinson is being accused of assaulting the much older Dr. Isak. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Wow, is everybody okay? Uh, yeah, they kind of went off the grid a little bit um, over the weekend, but Doctor's Hospital has confirmed that they are investigating the matter. 
to get to the bottom of it. So uh, we'll see what happens there. A Georgetown man has been arrested in that hit and run incident that involved the cyclist. Oh, good. good. Yes. Well, not that someone got hit, but they found the person. Yes, absolutely. 58-year-old was involved um, in a hit and run uh, on Esley Tibbetts Highway. The female cyclist had to be admitted to the hospital, had hip surgery. She was, you know, really banged up pretty good. Um, so thankfully, uh, they have found him. Uh -uh. Right. Yeah, I mean, so that's we'll, be like even worse than just stopping. So that's why when you hit and run, what else was going on there? You know, yeah. Aaron knows because she was hit, I was by, hit a car. by a car. She on, was on a bike. Yeah, I was hit by a car on a oh, bike. Oh, really? Yeah, the person wow. set up to turn right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And oh she goes, gosh. I have my indicator on. I was like, dude. That doesn't mean you can turn. Yeah, they're like, uh, no. You're supposed to look like, and oh, yeah. make sure you've got clearance. I, I think that's Young there girl. is some confusion because uh, I had a, a similar situation about a month ago where somebody <laughs> cut me off yeah. and nearly uh. crashed into my car. And he's like, well, I had my indicator on. That doesn't mean that you can turn in front of me. No. That just that just is a precaution that once it's safe to do so, you're allowed to change lanes. It was not safe to do so because I was in your lane. Yeah. It's same with you and the person that I mean, it's just what yeah. Crashed into you. It's just so, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. An indicator doesn't give you a privilege privilege to no. move whichever direction you want to. And especially if there's a cyclist. Only when it's safe to yeah. do so. Especially uh -huh. if there's a cyclist out there and you pass that person knowing they're there and you still I and then I saw it I've seen it multiple times since it's happened to me where people try and cut off bicyclists uh, and just try to get ahead of them. And it's like they can't stop as well as you can. But uh, uh -huh. but I do want to say listen, points for using your indicator. Yeah. Uh -huh. Being used. <laughs> Incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness wow so yeah i mean obviously road safety is something that we probably need to focus on a little bit more um there was also a robbery on friday um at a restaurant in north church street during the celebrations it sounds like the real pirates are out at around 10 o'clock um oh, i didn't source... catch the i didn't catch the press conference uh what happened in that oh right well the police basically said that they know it's about 10 people that are responsible for these robberies they okay. have a pretty good idea of exactly who they are. Um, they've identified some silver Honda vehicles that are being used in the commission of some of the robberies, but they have to put a case together to actually prove their case. So they can't just arrest people and say, yeah, we, we know that it's him, but he's wearing a mask and we can't prove it. So uh, they continue to work the cases. They've got some identification based on like clothing and, you know, most of them are wearing masks and they think they're being smart about it, but they're also going through the process of, um, checking cctv footage yeah that's quite a lot of people 10. yeah yeah you gotta, yeah. You gotta start arresting people and then offering them immunity so that they start you know talking about mm, revealing well. details on the others yeah that how you do it on the top shows uh, <laughs> i thought that's how they do that oh gosh yeah well um i think that um you know these a lot of these guys are habitual offenders and then when they get out of prison the the cycle restarts kind of thing mm. But um, yes, are they they, local guys or are these people uh, arriving here? Yeah, in no, no, no. They have actually said they're all indigenous, not just local guys that are living on island, but the police have huh. said they're actually indigenous Caymanians. Wow. So those of you who had a theory otherwise, it's simply not true. Hmm. Why would Caymanians want to rob stupidity people in their own country? <clears throat> just short sightedness and 
oh, I need a hundred bucks for the next couple of days or whatever. Um, you know, most criminals don't really put a whole lot of thought into the community. I was just going to say. <laughs> Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be a criminal. Yeah. You know. um, and then the people out there saying, oh, you know, well, things are cost so much. So yeah, that's really what happens. Like that's not. I'm sorry, I've had no money before, and I never went and robbed someone. Exactly. You're either you're either a criminal or you're not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, hard hard times doesn't make you a criminal. It might make you go to the food bank and ask for help. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make you go rob people. So yeah. that's 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 a very low level kind of thinking that is very. Um, I think it's problematic though because. It's like people in the community are willing to excuse this kind of behavior in the name of, oh, the economy is bad or, you know, somebody's jobless. These people have never had jobs. They've never had legitimate jobs anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. Um, missing teen has been assaulted, has been assaulted, has been arrested for assaulting police officers. So this young lady is on a path. Uh, Jasmine Ebanks, only 14 years old, has been arrested and bailed along with a 20-year-old man who she was hiding out with, and he's been arrested on suspicion of harboring a young person. And further- uh, And I, should be looked into mm, a little bit more, a 20-year-old mm, man mm, hanging out with a 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And mm. also arrested for resisting arrest and other outstanding warrants. So wow. he remains in custody as the young lady um, was put on bail. So yeah, this is very, very concerning, but that was an update on her because she was still missing. I think this is like the third time or something she's gone missing. So hopefully she'll get the help that she needs to see that this is uh, at 14 years old. She's completely going down the wrong path. Well, she's obviously, you know, the support system at home. Yeah. Yeah. Very I think she's, she might be in the girl's home, actually. She's probably That's not sad. at home. Uh, Very sad. All right. Uh, so those are, so there was an accent this morning, by the way. I don't know if it's still backing traffic up, but it was by the um, Christy Thompson roundabout there coming out of uh, Shamrock. Yeah. So I'm mm. not sure if that cleared up, but that was causing some traffic this morning as well. All right. Well, thanks for that information. Okay. That's Sandy's show right now on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday All headline. Right. Have a great day. Our segment. All right. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Let's kick off the morning segment. Hope you guys had a fabulous weekend. We're going to do Monday Rewind because we got a lot to talk about. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. I'm told that uh, you guys can't hear me very well this morning. So let me just double check everything. Um, one thing I do know is um, oh, one thing I do know is the computer restarted. So permit me to just have a look and see what is going on. Microphone. 
you guys will have to let me know if it's actually any better because obviously I can't hear myself. Hmm. Um. Okay, give me one second. Um, Chuck is just checking for me. Hold on, Chuck. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Okay, now if you can talk, I just don't hear the computer. Hmm. <sighs> this thing is becoming a real pain in my you-know-what. Um, gosh, this is just unbelievable. All right, let me play around with the settings. Um, your voice sounds fine. I just can't hear the computer. All right, let me try again. Okay, so we have default. I think I might have to come out. Um, all right, uh, Chuck, tell me how my voice sounds now. Otherwise, I'm probably going to have to log out of the radio and log back in. Because sounds like you're in a tunnel when I change that one. Okay, so that's me changing it online. So obviously the online doesn't like the default, which is now showing up as USB audio. That's weird. Um, huh. Okay, how about this one, Chuck? How does that sound? Let me play, let me play something again. All right, do let me know if that was any better. Um, oddly enough, these things keep changing, I notice on this online portal. Okay, your voice sounds fine. The computer sounds like it's having a little reverb or echo. But I've gone through all of these. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. All right, give me one quick second, folks. We want to make sure that uh, somebody says sounds better um let me see mm-hmm. okay um two volumes oh, I'm sorry. hmm 
I don't know what could possibly be. Um, we got audio expert Denny in the line. Uh, Denny, hold on one second. I'm going to not be able to probably do it because you're on the line now, but let me keep checking a few things. Uh, morning, Danny. Uh, Bluetooth, we need to connect you. Hmm. Well, everything is turned up as far as it can. Oh, Danny, Danny, I'm going to mute you for a second. Everything's turned up as far as it can possibly go without probably blasting my own ears. Uh, one more, one more audio on the computer. The Cold Hard Truth is Cayman's number one talk show since it debuted in March 2020. According to independent research, we are the most listened to talk show in 2021, and most people prefer us to any other options on island. We tackle tough issues some days, and other times have fun and lighthearted discussions. But most importantly, the Cold Hard Truth is here for you. Thank you for your support as we continue to be the voice of the people in 2022 and beyond. Um, Denny, good morning. How are you? Mm -hmm. How are you? Uh, it was what was coming through the computer. Huh. Uh, no, I've been, uh, Chuck was listening, so he said it's fine now. Um, very strange because we had, <laughs> yeah, we had, I think there's some sort of a, a delay or something when you try to change the settings as well, but um, the computer restarted itself last night, so it kind of messed with a few things. Um, I've got all the notes right here and every day I check it and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's kind of starting to defy logic a little bit. I think it's actually the online portal that seems to uh, somehow be impacted by certain things. And I think when you change it, you actually, um, I'm not sure why it doesn't always take. So. GCHQ. Mm, I don't think that that's what it is. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, Denny, let's get the show on the road. We got a lot to talk about today. Thanks. Bye. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, so good to see you guys here this morning. Miss Renita, Miss Ervalyn, Catherine, Carmely, Harvey says, ride some scooters and Vespas like Pablo. Uh, story and myself. Who's Pablo's story? Like Pablo's story? Who's Pablo's story? Um, Wee Wee, good morning. Felicia, Marshall, Olivia, Sandra says maybe they can't get any jobs too. All the jobs are gone to permits. It's ride or die. Yeah, I don't think that's why criminals do what they do. Marshall, good morning. Um, <laughs> Marshall says, is she trying to be like Tiffany Conley going around assaulting people? Oh, Lord Jesus, the 14-year-old. Hey, Paul, back and home in Bermuda. Uh, Bermuda. Let me get it right before Silka comes up for me. 
Um, El Rey said everything sounded good on Facebook. Good morning to Marie. Yeah, it's like Facebook was normally, uh, social media is normally fine because the issue in the setting is on the online portal. So we will keep trying to figure out why, why sometimes it seems a little bit off so that we can hopefully preempt some of that. Because we got so much to talk about today. I don't want to waste a minute. Deanna, good morning. Gabby's here. Um, oh, you guys can't hear Denny? What the, what the, what? Are you kidding me? Ugh. You have got to be kidding me. Um, hold on now. Uh, so you guys can't hear Denny? Did the radio people hear Denny? Mm, okay, now this is weird. They said, no, heard Denny. No, you heard him or no, you didn't hear him. Okay. Okay, this is weird. Don't worry, though. You can count on Denny to call back to make sure you guys can hear him. <laughs> uh, this person says she could hear him on the radio. So why couldn't you guys hear him on social? That's weird. Heard Denny from the radio loud and clear, says Deanna, Deania. But can you hear him online? Denny, speak again. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> Read the tell us what the actual verse said. Hold on. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, Denny, I think I got you now. Um, I was going to say to you that um, this is so weird. I was going to say to you that um, you've got to ensure that, you know, this is this is legalese 101. Never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. <laughs> no, I know. I was just pulling your leg. <laughs> so you, should, you should have had that I, I didn't want first. to start. I didn't want to turn it into uh, take you off topic. Today. Yeah, you guys can hear him now on social. All right, this this is a little bit of a quandary this morning, but I'm doing some screenshots to have a look at this a little bit later on. All right, Denny, good good stuff. All right, thank All you, right. appreciate it. All right, folks, um, what a hot mess. Okay, we're ready to go. Buenos dias, everyone. <clears throat> Let's get this road the show on the road. So first of all. Thank you guys for confirming that you're good to go. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, Jonathan's like, oh, but now the camera's blurry. Listen, y'all can just have to deal with the blurry camera this morning. Um, refresh the feed, maybe. I don't know what's going on this morning. A computer restart did all this? Jesus. What? what? Video a little bit blurry. Oh, my goodness. All right, hold on. Let me just refresh that. Y'all, oh, my goodness. Plagued with tech issues today. Hold on. Let me refresh the link. All right, I'm back in the studio. Anything looking better? Um, let's see. How's it looking? All right, let's get the show on the road. Even if I'm blurry, y'all can hear me. So the traffic situation on uh, <clears throat> Friday, the traffic mayhem was horrendous to say the least. <clears throat> if you missed it, Lord Jesus, what a mess that was. 
<clears throat> oh gosh, let me get my tea handy while I'm at it. So um, it was epic. I don't think I've ever seen traffic like that in Cayman ever. <clears throat> now, when I say ever, I mean, I haven't seen traffic like that ever. <laughs> there, there's not been um, accidents that have caused traffic to be quite like that. Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of it. But let, let's let's try to see if we can break it down because it's pretty crazy, yeah. So, without a doubt, the primary cause of it. And I know everybody has a theory. The primary cause of it was the shutdown of the roads for Pirates Week. Now, some people have said, and I will have to leave this to the powers that be, as it relates to um, you know the details regarding Pirates Week, because I actually don't know. But it seems to me <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, uh, well, someone who used to work with the Pirates Week office said that there were more roads actually closed this time around than um, on previous occasions. Like the way the closure was done was slightly different. And so that had a worse impact. Without a doubt, I think it's fair to say that things would have been compounded by the fact that <clears throat> we do have more cars on the road. And we have the exact number of vehicles that we have on a road here that we're gonna talk about just in a second. Mm. It's, it's crazy, <clears throat> but um, you know, I think that, oh my gosh, it, it was, let me just tell you the messages that I started to get. So I was on, on the, the Harkle bypass. I went to, um, what's it called? I went to um, Quiznos, which by the way, not for nothing, but Quiznos is closed. Did y'all see that post? Quiznos is out of business. They've closed down. It seems like they didn't really tell anybody that they were closing. So I felt for one of their harvest salads, which is actually pretty good. And I went by and my dear, they were closed. So I was like, wow. That's it? Oh my goodness. Completely closed and emptied. Everything was gone. I was just there like the week before. Now I don't I didn't really go to Quiznos that much, so I probably won't miss it <laughs> entirely, but occasionally I would have a feeling for one of their salads and soup combos. And so um, you know, it was kind of nice to to have that uh, option available. So anyway, there are no more. <clears throat> Everybody says the plaza was sold and uh, someone is actually increasing the rent, the landlords, I guess. I don't know. All I know is they're no longer there. So after that happened, I said, well, let me run into Kamata Bay and pick up something um, from there. So I went to Kamata Bay, got me a bite to eat. So, because I, I I knew, remember, remember Friday morning here in this show, we were already talking about the fact that um, traffic was starting to back up and you guys are wondering why. 
And I said to all of you, oh my gosh, it is because of the, um, the closure of the roads. Because a lot of you didn't even know that the roads were being closed. And so, um, you know, I said, listen, I was planning on going to court that day. I changed my mind once I heard about the road closure because I didn't want to be anywhere near Georgetown Central. I was not going to go to the festivities. I was not going to stress myself out with traffic. I was just not going to bother. So some of you, had you listened to the morning show, you would have been aware of the fact that uh, the roads were closed. But I think there was a lot of people who still just didn't know. So, of course, morning traffic is bad enough. But quite frankly, evening traffic on a Friday, especially in Georgetown, is horrific. Now, I'm a bit surprised, and we're going to play the um, premiere's apology here in a second. I'm going to tell you guys what I think about that apology. You can certainly share your opinions. 936-BOBO is the telephone number. uh, 936-2626. So, um... Halloween. Do you guys remember Halloween? It was just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks now. It was a similar thing, but not as bad. The Halloween closure. And this is why I need to know exactly what roads were closed, right? Um, where, where, where is Festa? Uh, what's, his, what's his real name again? Um, Craig. Where's Craig this morning? I feel like Craig could be the one that could help me with this sort of a query. But um, if you went through the Halloween closure on the waterfront, you get a sense of what a Friday closure does to traffic in Georgetown. You see, traffic flows a little bit differently when it is a Friday. And I don't know if you guys have ever made any observations in relation to this, but I certainly have. Friday traffic, if you live in the Eastern Districts, you would have made the observation that it's not that bad coming East on a Friday because everybody stays in town and goes West Bay Road, I suspect, for happy hour, for dinner. You guys are going to Kimana Bay. You're hanging out with your friends. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something very, very different, right? And so um, even as I was leaving Kimana Bay, this was before five o'clock, I saw an unusual amount of traffic on the Harkle Bypass. Mind you, it was crawling slowly, but it was still moving. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, the traffic in the opposite direction going into West Bay was completely clear because two emergency vehicles actually passed me at the time. And I was like, okay. By the time I reached uh, the airport roundabout, you know, the first little one that now takes you, you cut through that side street, I forget what the street is called. It wasn't that bad. All of a sudden it had cleared up and I got to the Linford Pearson and the Linford Pearson was good almost all the way to the end. As I got closer to the end of the Linford Pearson, it kind of, you know, stopped again. But normally on a regular Friday, Monday through Thursday, sorry, Monday through Thursday, you're going to have bumper to bumper traffic trying to go east. 
So it cleared and then it stopped right before um, the end of the roundabout. And then by the time we got through that little bottleneck going into the roundabout and we got back to, um, what is it? About when we passed Lion Center, it freed up again and we were gone clear, no more traffic. But within minutes of me, you know, making my journey home, I heard people like, oh my God, Sandy, what is this situation? And you got to see some of the epic messages. I'm going to show you a few of them because, man, y'all were pissed off. Mm -mm -mm. Here's one. This one took the cake. I mean, I had to chuckle when I saw it. And I had to take out one of the curse words. <laughs> this one says, can't we find out which brain dead, the F word, moron, thought it would be a good idea to close Seafarer's Way for rush hour, for Friday rush hour and fire them. I know Pirates Week is traditional, but how, but why not do it uh, at the weekend? And if you really insist on closing the road, Station some cops to make sure the traffic isn't blocked. Stupid twats at the roundabouts. Uh, can you tell that I'm a bit annoyed? <laughs> well, I think annoyed is an understatement there, sir. Um, I'm trying to find a few more. They, they were epic comments. I mean, truly. Let me see. Is this one? Okay, so this person said, if Hurricane Ivan had hit us during Pirates Week, this would still be the worst one ever. But wait, it gets worse. Oh, they had something really big planned for Georgetown last night. Because of this big event, no ships would be able to dock. Oh, yes, that, that, that'll be your conversation. Hold on, I'm going to hold back on that one. That is more directly linked to our conversation um, <clears throat> about the Pirates Week fest in general. So this one says, so hold on, all that traffic jam and inconvenience and no one in downtown, is that what I'm seeing? Somebody needs to go to prison or at least lose their job for that. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. So it was, it was epic. It really was bad, I must say. It's definitely the worst that I have ever um, heard of it being. And, you know, I returned to Cayman back in, when was that, 1996, I think? And it was, it wasn't just bumper to bumper. It was bumper to bumper that wasn't moving. That's the part that was like crazy. Look at this. It just wasn't moving. So I heard of people, and I guess a little bit of sprinkles didn't help either. But I heard of people literally abandoning their vehicles on the bypass. People running out of gas. I was like, oh my God, thank God that wasn't me. Because <laughs> my gas light came on yesterday. Now that I have this hybrid, I don't have to think about gas as often. Like it really does last a really long time, I've noticed. And so I don't go to the gas station quite as much. And yesterday I was driving to West Bay. We had brunch with some friends and I saw the gas light come on. I was like, oh man, I got to put gas in this thing. I kind of forgot. So yes, honey chill. Um, I thought, Ooh, that could have been me running out of gas on the Harkwell. And then I would be stuck with a six-year-old in the car and have to go walk somewhere. Right? OMG. By the way, if you're a, a, a WhatsApp fan, what's up, fan, a World Cup fan, England is playing Iran this morning at um, eight o'clock. But you go watch that later. 
Uh, I got to send these to my customers who want to know what's going on. Next game is at 11. And the next game is at 2 p.m. today. All right. So what a hot mess. Yeah. I was quite uh, surprised when I saw this, this pileup, when I heard about it. Um, people said, you know, Sandy, unfortunately, people were being rude. They were um, sending out, uh, shooting each other the bird. Like road rage started to take hold of everyone as well. So it wasn't just bad traffic. It was bad manners. It was just stupid people. It was the works. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. What, what? I was beginning to wonder, is it a full moon? Like, what's wrong with you guys? What's going on? Hmm. What a mess. And then, of course, the premiere, it turns out, was feeling your pain, quite literally, because he, too, was stuck in traffic. Because he was on his way to, um, you know, last week they had the historic uh, Court of Appeals. First time they've ever been in the Cayman Islands, in fact. They were on island uh, here hearing a number of cases, including the one with the prisoners, quite interestingly enough. Uh, the Ramon brothers who were sent to the UK. Who want to come back home. So we'll hear. Um, I don't think that I'm not sure. I mean, my news team said that they didn't finish. So we don't have a decision yet. So I don't know if they're going to be. Um, I don't think they're continuing hearings today, but maybe they will. Um, render a decision at a later date and just publish the decision. So um, he was going to an event. There was some sort of dinner in their honor, and he was supposed to be addressing them and speaking, and he too was late and stuck in traffic. Just madness. Uh, Brandon, to quickly answer your question, Flow TV doesn't have the rights to World Cup this year. Sorry. Logic, got it. There are other means of watching, though. DM me. Um, so, yes. So anyway, um, he was late and, and he felt the need to issue an apology when he started to understand exactly what had transpired. Now, this is the premiere's week to be on the show. So he'll be on on Wednesday, on Thursday. So we'll, we'll obviously speak about this a little bit. So he felt your pain. I heard about somebody being escorted. I'm not sure if eventually he was able to get an escort to try to get to this event before the whole thing was over. I think that that's entirely possible. I also um, understand that um, there were... There was some sort of other thing that was going on um, in relation to someone at Pirates Week trying to get to the festival for the fireworks. I know the, the fireworks actually started earlier. And so some people who wanted to see the fireworks completely missed it. But we'll talk about Pirates Week here in a second because they ruffled my feathers a little bit. So I'm going to tell you guys a thing or two. When you got almost 80,000 people on an island now, I hate to tell you, 
but um, this is probably what it's going to be. Hmm. Let's talk about the contributing factors. The population has increased, yes. Yes. And in fact, someone said to me on Friday, and I needed to verify this before I brought this to you, that our population increased by um, almost 10,000 people in the last year. This is post-COVID. The country is reopened, and some of y'all, I guess, need workers or whatever. Now, what I've discovered is it isn't quite 10,000. It's about 8,000, 7,000, 8,000, somewhere in that range. According to the work, um, the ESO's uh, work, uh, what was their survey called again? Workplace survey, I think it's what it's called. Oh, thank you so much. Someone said it was the judges that were escorted to Kimpton through the traffic. And listen, I take no issue with that. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, these these privy council judges, your first time in the Cayman Islands, they had an event, a dinner. I suspect that they were leaving soon. And, um, you know, they, yeah, I don't have any issues with them being escorted. Uh, someone thought it might've been the premier, even if it was him, which based on his voice note, I doubt it was him. Um, I wouldn't have had an issue with that either because he actually needed to get there on time to be able to, to address them. But it impacted emergency vehicles. I saw police like trying to go somewhere in a hurry. Even when I was getting home, there was a police officer coming. I was like, ooh, honey child, you're not going. I hope it's, I hope it's not another robbery because you won't be getting there, which we'll talk about in a second. You won't be getting there anytime soon. Um, Mm-hmm. So it was just a mess. It was a cluster, you know what, of a situation. Seriously, never seen anything like it in my life. Okay. So the labor force survey gave us um, an additional about six or 7,000 people on top of what we knew from the census. Now, here's the thing about it. A census is only as good as the participants. And this is why during the census, I kept encouraging you guys. I know the ESO spent money in advertising. Please participate in the census. It's really, really important that you do so. To get a more accurate fix on the number of people in this country is extremely important. Right? And um, why not? This is, this is when you want to know how many people do we actually have in the Cayman Islands? Now, as far as I know, I think a census is always under the bar a little bit because you will have people who are illegally in this country that wouldn't participate in a census. You have about 900 households, apparently, that didn't participate in the census. I don't know who these people are, but the census workers and the census office, the ESO, has the ability to actually find people. I think it's a criminal offense. I don't think I know it is a criminal offense for you to not participate in a census. And I think it should be because of those 900 households, how do we know how many people would be in each household? Does that account for, because we're saying, okay, the workforce labor survey says another six to 7,000 people than the census that was done last year 
But what, what accounts for that difference? Could a thousand or 1200 or 1500 of those be from those 900 homes? Very possible. We just don't know. Increase in, in work permits, um, <clears throat> for sure. People here working, more people coming in. So of course, um, I started to ask some questions then about the number of vehicles that we have on this island. Here, here are the figures, give or take. Mm -hmm. It's as good as it gets now. Y'all know I had to beg some favors to get these figures over the weekend. So the best answer is about 55,000 cars in Cayman. Yeah. We are averaging 500 imported vehicles per month. But about 250 are deregistered or coming out of that cycle. So the average really is a, when you do the math, just deduct 500, you got 500, deduct 250. So you've got about 250 vehicles that are coming into this country every single month. Currently at about 55,000 for a population that's actually pushing closer to 75, 80,000. Mm, that sounds about right. And so, of course, the next question becomes, well, what are we going to do about it? Because undoubtedly, the, the short answer of what happened on Friday was the closure of the streets because of Pirates Week. And I heard some people, no, we've had Pirates Week all these years in the past, and it hasn't made a difference, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so what do you think the issue was if it wasn't Pirates Week? It is the closure of the roads on a Friday. So these are the things that compounded it. It was a closure of the roads. It was Friday you know, five o'clock traffic on a Friday in the central hub where people are staying. Cause listen, when you got out East, there was no traffic. So it's not about just the roads and whatever. It was like, listen, the location, Georgetown, this time, interestingly enough, it impacted all of seven mile beach quadrant, everything. Now, why wasn't this foreseeable given what happened with um, Halloween weekend? Because if you saw that gridlock on October the 31st, you kind of could have seen this coming. And this is where the, the RCIPS traffic management people, I do have to scratch my head at them a little bit. Because they should have gone back to the Pirates Week committee and said, not today, Bobo. But that didn't happen. So, huh, what a mess. The number of cars have, has obviously increased on this island and we keep importing more cars every single month. So all of that has compounded quite literally our traffic woes. What are we gonna do about it? By a show of hands, good morning to everyone. Diamond Princess is here. Um, <laughs> uh, Jonathan says you must have had an EMP, electromagnetic pulse. <laughs> All of your equipment has been faulty. Well, it's not the equipment that's the problem. It's the settings on different things. Um, so the equipment's actually working perfectly. So tell me something, folks. What is the solution? What are you willing to give up? This is a real question now. 
Are you willing to give up having a vehicle? So, you know, we've heard uh, Bermuda, for example, has one car per household. Now, it doesn't mean that there's only one mode of transportation per household. It means one car. And they have limitations on the size. I was talking to Paul just last week about this. So most of them are driving Honda Fits. How many of y'all are willing to drive a Honda Fit versus your big trucks? Um, you know, your big, I see some of y'all drive around in Hummers. We had someone, what was his name? Frank Schillings. Uh, Frank Schilling imported a uh, Mercedes, oh my God, May, Maybach. Is that the name of that, that humongous uh, vehicle that is so, it looks like it could, it, and this is the SUV version, by the way. It looks like it could seat about 12 people in that thing. When I saw that at the um, at the car dealership, I was like, OMG, white. I think I had white interior too. Beautiful car. But even me who loves a nice sizable car, because, you know, if I'm going to get in an accident, I feel like I need a little bit more steel to protect me. I was like, who orders a vehicle this size for Cayman? Cayman roads are not designed for this type of vehicle. This is like back in the day when y'all were into Hummers and you would, you know, order a Hummer and you can't even park anywhere in these things. And I thought to myself, now that is crazy. Good morning, caller. By the way, Denny, good morning. Uh Um, By the way, this, this car, let me give you guys an idea of the, this Mercedes Maybach, Maybach S class. It runs about $166,000 and that's before you put on any bells and whistles, which if you guys know Frank, he's all about the bells and whistles. So you got a $200,000 car that's the size of a tanker that's going to be driving around in the Cayman Islands. Why? Yes, Denny. I think you guys need to stop hating on people that can afford luxury. I'm not If someone can afford luxury, listen, if someone can afford luxury, it's not about the luxury, it's about the size. Like maybe, like, like, listen, I'm not saying a Honda Fit. That everybody should be driving around a Honda Fit like Bermuda. But what I'm saying is things like Hummers and this particular vehicle, which is like a tank, maybe those are too much for an island this size where we barely have a road that can accommodate some of the normal vehicles. But I'm not hating on well, him. Well, at the, at, at, the root of, at the root of your question, <clears throat> what you're saying is that when the bus drops you off a half a mile away from where you live, uh-huh. that you should walk your two children home in the pouring rain through the puddles of water mm-hmm. uh, in order to lessen how much traffic's on the road. And my well, rebuttal I'm, to that is... I'm one, asking the question. Second, my re- I know, I'm, but I'm answering you. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm saying that's a bad idea. <clears throat> and the, what the problem is, is isn't, the, isn't necessarily how much cars we have. Mm-hmm. What the problem is, is a poorly designed and and inadequately upgraded road network where we are right now in terms of the road network is so yesteryear it's not even funny 
Yeah. Right? Okay. We we have to do we have to do two things. Well, three that I can think of right speaking, off the bat. Speaking of, there's another accident by Kashu Lush. Just FYI, in case you're driving this morning. All right. So. Well, if you first of all, the idea of locking down the Amin Road for three days over a course of a few weeks to have a festival is a really dumb idea. Mm-hmm. You need to have a proper facility in which you can have a, a large function like that. All right. So let me it, ask you a question people, in relation to that. Do you yeah. then think, because the, the thing about the restriction on importation of vehicles or one vehicle per home was the first question. Another question is, do you think that Pirates Week Festival should be moved? Like the Georgetown because this was Georgetown Heritage Day um, that was on Friday, and then the finale is also in town. Do you think that it should be moved? I think that um, restricting the number of cars is not the answer. I believe that if each person in the Cayman Islands had, let's say, three cars each, okay, mm-hmm. they they could only drive one at a time. So if one car is on the road, it's not going to make a difference that they own three or five or 10. That's nonsense. Well, that, that's what not, the problem. What the, hold on, what hold, the on problem. hold on, hold on, Danny. The argument there, and I'm, I'm just telling you what the argument is, is that people need to start carpooling and sharing a vehicle and using a vehicle. So it's not about you can only physically drive one car. It's about if you have five people in your household, all five people have a vehicle and maybe all five people don't really need to have a vehicle. So the, the question okay, is, you, are Caymanians willing to make that sacrifice? What the problem is with that is logistically, it's very challenging. I'm sure it can work in some instances, mm-hmm. but in other instances, the what each person who's pooling need to do throughout their day Mm. might be quite different where they need to go Uh, so i'm sure to some extent that can work Mm -hmm. and i'm sure to some extent public busing uh public transportation system can can assist but you know what one of the number one complaints of of um the busing system in other countries Mm -hmm. are for, for lower class people what is that it, it's not reliable enough. Mm-hmm. And so and so what happens is I actually know someone here in Cayman. This is how I became aware of it. Who who he lost his job because his only mode of transportation was taking the bus and the bus was late too many times. So he got written up for being late too many times and he and he got fired. Mm. So, so if you want public transportation to work, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be reliable, right? Because you're not going to be helping the very people that you're focused on trying to get onto that public transportation system. Mm-hmm. But, but, but should Pirates Week be re- relocated? Yes. Mm. Um, the uh, at that no. Let me let me. Let me say one thing about Pirates Week before mm-hmm. I, I continue on the road network. I, I don't mind 
um, the roads being closed for a day to have an event. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you can close the road down on Thursday evening mm-hmm. and open it on Sunday morning, mm. that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That does not work. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's, that's foolishness. But let me go back to the road network. We have bottlenecks that need to be dealt with. The, the main one is right there by Hurley's roundabout. Mm-hmm. And when you had the NRA on the show talking about um, putting a, a overpass where people can walk over the street safely, I, I think that that's looking at it in the opposite way at which it should be viewed. I think the roads... Uh, the, the, the lanes going as an overpass for traffic over the roundabout is the way that it should be done and that you should be able to get off of the main road, enter the roundabout to either go South Sound or, or Hurley's. Mm-hmm. And when you have, when someone is being dropped off, say in the busing system, it be designed that that the that people can walk across the road under the overpass on at the roundabout level, which is what people are going to want to do anyhow. Mm-hmm. And 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 you have less issues with a person who is disabled trying to make it across um, the road, have some degree of disability, I should say, trying to make it a, across the road instead of having to go upstairs or uh, whatever. Um, the, the, the amount of traffic that would be able to move through that would be significantly improved. Mm-hmm. And, but but the, the, let me tell you one of the other issues. We don't properly describe to the public what is happening with significant enough warning. Mm-hmm. So if it was up, if it was up to me, Okay, mm-hmm. what I would do is before Pirates Week is going to be um, is going to occur, I would make sure that all of the media houses received a map showing the roads that would be closed and how they would be closed, mm-hmm. so that people can have enough time to think about them and decide. Well, you know what? I don't know whether. Uh, or have instead of having a situation where the person does isn't quite sure what's happening, and so they're trying to get to this area near where the closures are, and so they go on one path and they see well the traffic is really backed up here. So then they they turn around and they try to take another route trying to get to the same area and the traffic is backed up there too, and so they have to turn around again because actually the road is closed and they don't know. Hmm. And so they're just, you know, like how people go through neighborhoods or take other roads to try to beat traffic. There's some of that going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you avoid that by people knowing in advance mm-hmm. that, hey, don't try that because the roads are closed. So you let me, let, me, let me just um, understand what your position is. You don't believe that we should have any restrictions on the number of vehicles per household? No. 
You don't believe that we should have any restrictions on the size of vehicles either. Mm, I, uh, okay. If somebody wants a vehicle the size of a bus, okay, that would pose a problem in a supermarket parking lot. But that's not a question about whether the road can handle it. Mm -hmm. The road can handle it. We have buses. But, I mean, it would be foolish to buy a car that you couldn't park somewhere, right? But that's their choice if they want to waste their money. But doesn't doesn't that impact other people as well? I mean, you say that's their choice, but is it not a situation? Oversized vehicles take a toll, more of a toll on a a road than non-oversized vehicles. I mean, most of them can't park. I mean, it doesn't have to be the size of a bus to see that these parking spots in most commercial um, locations is super tiny. They're for average vehicles. They're not for- How many many people? How many people can afford a hundred and something thousand dollar car? Not thankfully. And I think that listen, I think that way. Right, I right. I was way. gonna say there's probably more people that can't afford it, but most people would yeah. see that as as not being practical. But right. um, so so, so the one or two that do it, you think ah, that's not a big deal. Let them continue. Uh, if they want. Okay. All right. Leave us there. 936 Bobo is the telephone number. So Denny has weighed in. He's cast his vote. No restrictions, he says, on household vehicles. And, you know, to be quite honest, I was going to say to myself that I didn't think, and I know Caymanians um, love to, um, to, to, you know, take this position about restrict. But when you ask them personally, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to give up a vehicle? Then they say, no, you know, when I go to town during the day, although I'm I'm stuck at Glass House every single morning, because that's the biggest employer in Ireland is the government. Yeah, when I go to lunch, I got to be able to run 10 errands. I only get one hour for lunch. So that's not practical for me. My husband's across town. Caller, weigh in on this. Tell me what you think. Um, as to Denny's point about they can have as many cars, but only drive one at a time, uh-huh. I think that's impractical because how would you how would you regulate that how would you police that that would be nearly impossible of them driving one car at a time no i think what he means no what he means is literally when you get in a vehicle you can't drive more than two vehicles at the same time not that you couldn't drive different vehicles at different times oh i thought he was saying no no no. for instance (laughs) a family a family right could yes. have four vehicles but could only drive no, one no, at a no, time. No, no, no. no, no. You know if- <laughs> <laughs> so he, his point is, even if you had 80,000 vehicles, like say everybody on the island had a vehicle, which that will never happen, right? But let's just say that was the case. Um, You would only be able to drive a single vehicle at any given point in right, time. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second thing is about um regulating the vehicles per family. I think that's going to be tough because that's going to impact a lot of people. Take, for instance, my family. Um, we live in West Bay. My husband works in town and I work in Savannah. Mm-hmm. He has to be at work at a certain time. We mm-hmm. can't drop the kids to school mm-hmm. before a certain time. So if we have one vehicle, someone's getting late for work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, like I said, I didn't think um, K Mannions um, would go for it. No, it's not going to work. I think we need to, I think the problem started with this push to have 100,000 people on island. 
nothing wasn't properly thought out. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the problem. Out. I don't know if the problem started there. I think well, the person I think already overpopulated. Well, yeah, in I my mean, opinion, I think the person who made that comment, and as I recall, was actually Mr. Bush. Um, the problem didn't start with the comment. The problem started when he gave away statuses back in 2003 with no vetting of individuals and no, no forward plan. So one of the issues is we're not overpopulated. We are overpopulated for the infrastructure that we have in place. And there is a difference. So, you know, we, we not ready for this kind of traffic because we don't have the road infrastructure for it. And even now, as we start to talk about the expansion of the East West arterial all the way out to the East, you know, that's going to take, that's been talked about for 20 plus years. So on average, it is taking 20 plus years for us to talk about and implement a road work system and decide whether we're going to expand our roads or not. And then in between that, you've got, you know, the environmental impact assessment that has to be done. You have people on the one end arguing that people are trying to hold that up and other people on the other end is like, nope, we got to be careful with the environment and the impact on that. And, you know, it's, it's a constant bucking of heads to the point where is that even going to ever be done? You know, that's how it's frustrating. You can't um, have your cake and eat it too. Amen. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks my dear. All right, folks. The the phone lines are hot this morning. Um, We have another caller. My apologies. I think I might've accidentally disconnected you caller, which by the way, um, software update. Oh, we'll do that later. Um, iPhone wants to send through a software update right now. Can you imagine? Um, Hopefully soon, fingers crossed, we're going to be able to get a toll-free number from Flo. We've been... I'm sorry, but the person you have called... That one's busy. So call in quick, folks. The lines are open right now. But hopefully um, Flo can get us sorted out. Now listen, if you're calling direct, we can take more than one caller at the same time. If you're calling on WhatsApp, it's only one caller because that's VoIP over regular calls. So there is a little bit of a priority that's given to regular calls. Uh, morning caller, welcome to the program. Morning, Sandy. It's Kevin here. How are you doing? Hey, Kevin. Good. How are you? Good, good. See, I'm on back roads. You know, I'm over here in Tampa and I don't like traffic, so I'm on back roads. <laughs> so that's why I'm calling in this way instead of through my usual oh my way gosh. of being able to connect. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the discussion is very interesting because this is something where um, I feel that Cayman really missed an opportunity yes. um, when COVID was going on oh, with God, remote yes. workers. Yes. Because I can tell you, the only days that I have to go to my office at the University of South Florida mm-hmm. is on Mondays when we have in-person meetings, because of course they're important. We understand the importance of actually showing up to your workplace mm-hmm. in person. So we still have a little mix of that. And that day we really don't do the sit down in front of your desk type of stuff. This is when we actually have our social time and our in-person meetings and stuff mm-hmm. with you know our my fellow colleagues to, to get up to date on, on different things that we're mm-hmm. working on. But in terms of a lot of the other functions of my job, and again, Cayman is no different. There's a lot of jobs where you don't need to go to an office to get things done. You can sit at home. And one of the things that um, the president of our university um, at USF really um, encourages is to make sure that you also take care of your family. Um, so she's all about the work um, and family balance, mm-hmm. the work life and family balance, because again, while I am doing my regular work and you know doing my regular function, mm-hmm. I could help out my CMR family. 
Mm-hmm. I could take care of the dishes and I could take care of the laundry. I could run to the store if I need to pick up something. Um, I have my phone with me if I need to get back home. I'm not very far away where I can get back home. And so I still, and actually, to be honest, I actually put in more hours in a day because mm-hmm. sometimes I, I, I have You can get up earlier. Off the time. Yeah. I could get up earlier and I could flex my time around. I understand not all jobs is possible to do mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. There's many different jobs where you actually require to go. But for those where it's not required, mm-hmm. those folks should have a opportunity to work from home i could tell you something you know i was i was up here for the pandemic and stuff but you know my fam- most of my family is still back home in Kima. and my parents said you know one thing that they had loved about the pandemic is that they could actually get on to people who work for government a lot easier because they were working from home mm. so it's, it's not just going to take off the traffic but in fact if they are at home they are like and, and they're working they're going to be able to Mm-hmm. Um, you know, answer the calls a little bit more instead of doing other things that they don't need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is where I believe where no one's going to be able to build roads to fix the, the traffic woes in Cayman immediately. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. It takes years to really build out something that and not just years to build it out, but also money to build it out. And the government obviously needs to be a bit wise with how they're spending their funds mm-hmm. but something that is a very quick and easy fix especially with our largest employer the, the cayman islands government mm-hmm. they could reduce the amount of people that they have coming into the, the, the government building yes. as well as those who are in private sector and stuff could also start to reduce some of their mm-hmm. office staff and it saves everybody it saves them money because they don't need to have as much cleaning services and as many other things that they would require utilities at the office and paper that's going to be used when people printing things for the, that they're not supposed to be printing and everything else. Mm-hmm. It just adds up. In fact, I was on a meeting the other day um, with, with, you know, a financial meeting at USF where we barely even use 50% of the budget allocated for office supplies. Why? No one's there half the time because they're working from home. So, mm-hmm. again, they, they were doing a, a few things with the budget because they didn't need to, to have as much budget allocated for, for that. And again, it's just going to be a much smarter way of, of trying to move forward and be in the years that we're living in, in mm-hmm. the 21st century where we're in a technology age where many things can yes. be accomplished. There was a time media had to obviously go to a TV station or radio station mm-hmm. somewhere to carry out their function. What are, what are we doing now, Sandy? Yeah. You have, you have a, a big old studio somewhere yeah. where you're paying all this extra rent and all these extra nope. lights and all these extra equipment and all this extra Mm-mm. staff. You have a, a, pretty much a, a three-person, four-person operation mm-hmm. that, that's able to do amazing things. Exactly. We don't need yep. to, to, to live in, in times, that uh, an island at time forgot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anyways, that's my, that's my feedback. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good one. So to Kevin's point, um, folks, <laughs> and I agree with him in terms of remote workers, that, um, again, we saw during the pandemic that a lot of work continued to get done. His argument is that sometimes people are even more efficient, more effective. I was reading an article, I think it was in the Washington Post or something last week, that was talking about this fact that there are people, even in the U.S., which is a lot more flexible with remote workers, but some people are still lying to their employers about where they're physically located. One guy, he actually had his, um, let me see if I can find this for you because you guys are going to find this interesting. 
he actually had his laptop shipped because they think he's in uh, in I, Iowa or Idaho or somewhere working remotely. And he had a laptop shipped to his parents' address or friend's address or wherever, um, you know, because that's where they think he's at. Meanwhile, this dude is traveling all over the world, living his best life. Some days he's in Dubai, hanging out for a couple of weeks. Other times he's, you know, he's actually traveling and working remotely. But there continues to be this stigma, even for people in the U.S. who are working remotely, that the employers have to think, well, oh, you're stuck in Idaho in front of a computer. So he says that, you know, he's got to make some adjustments for the time difference, obviously, you know, if it's a different time zone or whatever. But at the end of the day, the concept of working remotely should mean that really you could you could work anywhere in the world. And depending on, you know, what kind of job you have, yes, if you're like a call center or whatever, you might have very, very specific hours. But this guy is getting all of his work done. And, um, you know, he makes certain accommodations to kind of hoodwink his employer because he knows that a lot of employers are still behind the times. Like, oh, you need to be at a specific location in order to be working. Who cares where you are as long as you're getting the work done? You're showing up to meetings. You're productive. So, you know, we we have, uh, there was an entire video I'll play one day because I think this is a discussion worth having separately. But we've been hoodwinked into this. You got to go into an office space and work nine to five or nine to nine or whatever for people to think that you're being productive. And it's ridiculous because as Kevin rightfully pointed out, even our work and what we do in the world of media, I am probably way more productive than someone sitting in a newsroom. With today's technology, I don't have to be anywhere. And it's funny when people see me because they're like, damn, how did you know what that accident literally just happened across the island? I'm like, are we not connected? That's why it's called the mall road because we are connected in every which way. And thank God for modern technology. You can remotely log in and get stuff done. We've just taken a young lady on board who is actually in California. So when she wakes up in the mornings, they're three hours behind us. There's certain things that now, you know, I can task her to do that will take my load off a little bit and allows me to focus on other higher level administration, not administrative, but higher level management and strategic planning for CMR. But it's perfect because by the time this show ends, she can jump on and upload the show, which I was woefully behind in doing when I have to do it myself because my schedule is jam-packed. So the things that I can have her doing that it doesn't have to be done at eight o'clock in the morning, right? So I don't care that she is um, a little bit behind, but how flexible are we willing to be with these sorts of things? Natasha says, employers do not trust their employees to work from home productively. A lot of that mistrust also comes from too many employees abusing the work from home policies. But I think that most people got a lot, most employers got a lot out of people. And, you know, it takes a shift, Natasha, in mindset. And I think what it is, is that employers love to micromanage their staff. So they like to think that they're sitting there watching their staff 24 seven. And by having someone look over your shoulder, that is going to make you more productive. Some people have even um, gone as far as saying, oh, you need to have your computer on when you work remotely. I think the court in the US has said, no, 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 no to that. But you know, it, it's it's control. And that's what that's all about. Soka weighs in. Soka, the grammar police says, I've never understood this. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Since I was a child, 
I tried to make it make sense. Now you can't eat your cake and have it. That makes sense. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So she's saying the correct way is that you can't eat your cake and have it. Uh, maybe some sayings are not made to be grammatically correct. But I think the way that we've always heard it kind of makes, <laughs> now you've got my brain thinking, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So the concept is you can have your cake, but you can't eat it. And she's saying it should be the other way around that you can't eat your cake and have it. Okay, Soka. I think we're gone into semantics that's going to cause me to have a brain fart here in a minute. All right, Liana says, someone call Alden and ask his point of view with this new road he wanted to do for the Eastern expansion. But Liana, his government has not moved the needle on that for the past 15 years that they were in office. So what are we calling him for? To say, why didn't you do it? Mm, hot mess. Um, Alden was too busy dancing to gospel music the other day. Good morning, Carla. Welcome to the program. Yes, good morning, Sanjay. How are you doing? Not bad, dear. How are you? Yes. Um, about the the issue of the road, um, I am of the opinion that um, there are some projects, some mm -hmm. projects that should be designated national interest, mm -hmm. and 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 to 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 such extent that um, all politics are taken out of it. And I think, oh God, wouldn't that be if nice? If one were to, <laughs> and if one were to calculate the last of time um, to companies um, from um, employees reaching to work late, we would be we would be in a frightening position, mm. I believe. Hmm. Um, the amount of people every yes. day of the week that reaches to work late, mm -hmm. it would be probably in the billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And then I, I believe until we begin, we begin to look at it from that angle, mm -hmm. um, we will be in yes. a frozen state. Productivity costs. Second, Yes. Secondly, there ain't no one fix to this traffic issue. That is my belief. And as Danny suggested, there, there must be a reliable bus service. There must be a reliable bus service. And, and I think that component of it must be fixed first before we move into anything else. Because mm -hmm. um, if you can't ask somebody to reduce the amount of vehicle when you don't have an alternative to turn to, uh, less, at least a workable one. So, so the bus service must be fixed, and it is time, I believe, that this the 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 um, organizations such as the um, National Conservation Council, government, and all the stakeholders sit down and see this as a national mm -hmm. interest to get Absolutely. that east-west road completed. Exactly. And 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 I would hope that. Um, organizations such as Chamber of Commerce um, um, do some calculation, see what the actual, and I believe they could come up with a, a workable estimate, what the loss to productivity is to companies, and and be a part of the driving process to get these roads and um, quick commuting from one side of the country to the next in place. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much for that. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, lots of calls on this traffic thing. We're going to ask Chuck for a little bit of overtime this morning because I can tell we're going to need it to get to any of our other topics, which I do um, definitely want to touch on one or two others. So Ms. Sue says, if it works for Bermuda, uh, why not here? 
we need a real bus service too, not just taxis. Uh, taxis, buses too small. They made a big mess closing the main roads off in town. Well, I think the reason, the question of why not here is that the way in which our roads have developed probably different from another island um, accounts for why we can't just implement it overnight and expect for it to work. Like I said, my understanding is there they use a lot of scooters. Um, here, you're going to have a pushback for people trying to understand the concept even of using a scooter if for the past 40 years they've driven nothing but a car. And also, let's be very frank, Sue, I don't know what kind of fatalities and road incidents they have on that island, but here you take your life into other people's hands when you get on a scooter, I hate to tell you. But we have some of the worst drivers on this island. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning. Hi, honey. I'm trying to get to say that I heard from my favorite old married couple this morning <laughs> and I'm rejuvenated and intellectually informed. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> you you have to tell people, people are probably confused about what you're talking about. Please explain to the listeners what you mean when you say that. You know, because look, yeah, that's an inside joke. I can name this one now. Soka. I call it the literary police. <laughs> but yes, child. She's the grammar police. Okay. Of everything. Okay, let me tell you what my first word was. Sponsors. And I was very loud with it. And she looked at me the corner of her eye. And she said, what? I said, sponsors. She said, there's no and um, <laughs> you can't get over her. She's a joke. Good morning, Miss um, Miss Suka. <laughs> I know you don't remember that, but I remember. So she been, she been, So in other words, she been doing this since she was in diapers. Then correcting people. <laughs> At least sometimes we were diapers. <laughs> and like I said, Pirates Week was very young. Talking about Pirates Week, mm-hmm. trying to plan Pirates Week. So in. And um, had a meeting somewhere up that little restaurant up there, um, South Sound Way there on the waterfront. Not the old one, the new one that still operates. Um, and oh, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was using a word that didn't exist, but she made sure that I knew and that everybody else knew who was following me that no, and she hasn't gotten over herself since. Anyway, good morning, dear. Miss you. <laughs> thank you, my dear. I have to tell people what. The, okay, honey, thank you. I do have to tell people what the inside joke is because then y'all are sitting there scratching your head, like, what is that all about? So, um, <laughs> um, she always makes a joke uh, off air that Denny and I, um, the way that we talk on radio, it sounds like we're an old married couple who have this kind of back and forth um, dialogue with each other. And, um, you know, she appreciates the the, um, questions sometimes that I put to him and vice versa and just the overall dialogue. So that's why when she refers to an old married couple, that's what she means. Not that we're actually in that kind of a relationship. She means it figuratively speaking, of course. Um, So Al Ray says the Georgetown waterfront is the right location for Pirates Week street dance. Mm -hmm. Blair says, no, no, it should not be moved. Badabin Noob has moved from ending in town. Big mistake. Town is one thing that is so special to celebrate these events. Don't take that away. 
Pirates Week is not the problem. Importing cars and people is. I'm afraid for the next emergency and trying to get somewhere. Well, Blair, I'm going to have to not really entirely agree with you. Like I said, yes, there's been an increase in vehicles, but, but for the closure of that road, that wouldn't be the situation. We have emergency vehicles up and down, even during five o'clock traffic, and I have never, never, never seen anything like this. So the road closure was the catalyst to all of it. It was like the perfect storm coming together. Jonathan says, who wants to carpool during COVID season? But wouldn't you be carpooling with potentially family members? I mean, normally that's the idea, right? You leave out from home with other people if you can. But I, I do believe that um, it is difficult to, to carpool. Uh, you know, I even think about my situation. You know, I don't leave home. I've got the studio here. So I don't actually leave out until a bit later on in the day. Um, Marlon has to leave out, you know, early in the morning. So he's responsible for taking your daughter to school. So there's no way that we could have two vehicles. And you're not, I'm sorry, but you're not getting my bonk and no scooter. Um, that would be disastrous within, within the first week, undoubtedly. And then how do you, how do you manage on a scooter when you have a six-year-old? I wouldn't want to endanger my child's life, less, much less mine, on a scooter either. So I'm one of those people who I'm like, mm, I think some people can carpool. And if you can, then by all means do it. So like on the weekends when we don't have set schedules, um, there'll be times where I'll drag him along with me. He hates going to the grocery store, but you know, if I'm going to the grocery store, I'm going shopping. So yeah, let's all go as a family. You know, he doesn't necessarily care to do those things, but you know, I'm also looking for chaperone cause I don't feel like driving. I'm one of those people who doesn't actually like to drive. Truth be told. I'm like, Oh, can I get a chaperone? Can I get a driver? I don't mind it. So Calvin says New York city shuts down times square for New Year's Eve day. So it's not unusual. There are people, however, who are asking whether or not the shutdown, um, somebody's calling me in my other number. I don't know if they mean to be calling me. Uh, speaking of which, why is the phone not ringing? The, the computer. Shall this phone had an update over the weekend, this operating system, because normally WhatsApp rings calls on the, this is weird, on the computer since I'm logged in, but it's not happening this time. So I could answer the call if it was in the computer. Huh. I don't know if OS 16 changed that with WhatsApp. I don't know. Anyway, um, the caller, I'm not sure if you're actually trying to even call the show, but you're calling my personal number if you are. 936-BOBO is the correct number if you want to get on air. So Natasha says, if you have several persons living in a home working in different areas and work time, then no, one car per household then no, one car per household will work. You mean will not work. It is difficult with scheduling, I must tell you. And again, people are not as flexible, even in terms of employers being with, able to do flex time for office workers and stuff. You find that everybody's going to Georgetown for eight o'clock in the morning, eight or 8.30 is the start time. This concept of flex hours is missing a lot of people. And it can be doable because a lot of our offices here like take, for example, the law firms, you got Walkers and Maples right there between those two, you probably have a good five, 600 people having to go into Georgetown, right? Now I'm aware that Maples, um, I don't know about Walkers, but I know for sure that Maples still allows workers to do a couple days a week from home. And then they might require them like once or twice a week to go into the office, right? 
So they're still doing like a little hybrid system for a lot of workers. But, you know, even if they did flex hours, like you don't have to start working until 12 o'clock and then you do your eight hour shift until 12, whatever, because they have people in Asia and the UK, a lot of those flexible hours would actually work. You know, some of these partners and lawyers have three or four secretaries each, right? And so if two secretaries did the 8.30 to five plus shift, and then the other two did a bit later on the day with flex hours, even something like that would be incredibly useful to alleviating some of the morning rush hour and then that five o'clock rush hour as well. Charles, good morning. Charles says, number one, will inconvenient themselves by carpooling. Oh, no one, sorry. I, he put no one, and I'm seeing number one. It says no one will inconvenient themselves by carpooling means your movement will be limited to the owner or person driving the car. And this is it. It's a mindset, isn't it? Because Caymanians have gotten very, very, very used to being able to just pick up and go when they feel like it. Like, you know, I go to town, I, I park to be able to go to court. Now, y'all know town parking is rough. Um, so I go to court, but then, you know, if, if things are happening in that little quadrant and I can walk it, I don't jump in my car to walk to try and find parking somewhere else because parking is horrendous. So I do try to, at least if I'm in central Georgetown, to just get that little bit of exercise and decide to walk up the street, you know, walk to the post office. You know, I can walk. I don't bank at Royal Bank, but, you know, it's possible to walk that way. Sometimes I'm carrying a lot of bags and equipment. So walking is not always like an option either. Like it kind of depends what, you know, hey, that shuttle system that they had in Georgetown that could shuttle people around. I think that they should have continued that. Um, they were doing it earlier in the year, I believe, and then it stopped. That's one thing that I actually thought was great for town. Because if you weren't government building and you park in central government, right, maybe you have on makeup and high heels and whatever, even walking from central government to the post office, or if you had to go by the courthouse or the or parliament legislative assembly, you don't have to get in your car and drive that relatively short distance. But if there was a shuttle service, again, that was reliable, we're going to do a pickup at 10 o'clock, we're going to do a pickup at 12 o'clock, and people knew the exact pickup times from government building to transport people to these different locations and then, you know, take you to the coffee shop for lunch or whatever. And then every 45 minutes or half an hour, we're going to be going back in the opposite direction. I do feel that there's even like a micro, because, you know, we don't need super big buses for public transport. I think that would be a mistake given the size of our roads once again. But I do think that even a smaller centralized um, transport system in town like kind of what they were running before, that that could and should be continued. Real Deal says the bus system isn't the answer. People are not going to sit in cramped buses stuck in traffic, assuming the buses are reliable. A monorail system would solve this and we have to stop thinking small. <laughs> Real Deal. Do you know what you're suggesting? A monorail? Woo, honey child. Caymanian's not up for that. Um... Most Caymanians don't even want to get on a bus. You're insulting them when you're suggesting that they get on a bus. They're like, what? You cramping my style, honey child. I got to be driving around in style. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. A monorail? 
And we have to think about the practicality of these things, again, based on what we already have in place. How practical is, I saw Jonathan talking about a, a bridge over the North Sound. Y'all need to get that idea out of your head because the NRA has already said it's not possible, not practical in any way, shape or form, financially and otherwise. They haven't said it in quite such clear terms because what I find is a lot of these government officials, including the civil servants, don't always want to tell you all the cold hard truth. And so they kind of beat around the bush like, oh, yes, you know, that idea keeps coming up and in their brain. They're like, why do people keep bringing up this stupid idea? That's really what they're thinking. It's not practical financially and otherwise to build a bridge in the North Sound. When you think about the environmental impact of that, y'all sit there. Y'all wouldn't be ready for that one. And it's not as easy to just throw up a bridge as y'all think either. Like when people say that, I'm like, wow, y'all make it sound like that is the easiest thing in the world to do. And it really isn't. Uh, there's a lot of logistical reasons why a bridge across the North Sound um, just isn't going to happen. Just take it from me. Uh, let me show y'all a video here. I saw this over the weekend. And I thought that this was kind of interesting. I don't know if this is like a concept video or let me just see if I can pull this up here for you. Or if this actually happens. So this is um, in some Asian country. Have a look at this and tell me what you think. And it's like a um, one of those speed bullet trains that comes right into your house and opens up in the ground of your house and lets your kid off like right in your living room kind of thing. Is this? Is this, this is, looks like Japan. So for the benefit of our radio listeners, the floor opens up like in your living room and this this um, train service that's like underneath your house um, opens a little hole in your living room and out pops your kid who's taking the train from school. And now he's home and, you know, you're just sitting there waiting for him. I feel like this is a concept video. I don't know that this is real, but if anyone who is in that part of the world has ever seen anything like this or knows if this is a realistic, like this is actually something that is currently being deployed. My first question was like, hold on a second. How do you know um, who is coming through that hole at any given time, right? It seems a little bit weird to me, but you know, these are all futuristic ideas and it takes a certain amount of forward thinking and planning to even get there. If we want an immediate solution, none of those things are gonna work. A monorail isn't anything that we could be doing anywhere, even if it was realistic for other reasons. That's like 30, 40, 50 years down the line. We need solutions that can be implemented in a relatively short space of time. Calvin says Denny is making a lot of sense. Jonathan says the Maybach is about the size of a limousine. It is really big and it's like an SUV. You know, it's it's a huge car. I must say that when I saw it, I was like, whoa, that is big. I can't drive a vehicle that size because I'd be running everybody over. The cyclists and everybody else. Like I know my limitations. I'm like, listen. I use those rear view cameras, side cameras, looking over the shoulder. And yeah, I couldn't do that. 
too big for me. That's why I don't go around driving a truck either, because you wouldn't want me in a truck. Uh, Liana says not enough people on bikes and scooters and mopeds, electric bikes, etc. What's the problem? Only Caymanians should be able to purchase and have two cars per household. If you're a businessman with a taxi and bus, you best start picking up people for $2 each. So Liana brings up another question. I think the concept of Caymanians giving up a vehicle is dead in the water. Let's be very honest. But then the other question is, should we put a restriction on foreign workers? So if you're here in a work permit that you can't buy a car and you can't have access to a car, well, Denny said people are getting fired from jobs because of the unreliable public transportation system. The reality is you can't do much about the importation of vehicles until you fix public transport. The two kind of go hand in hand. So even if you were to say, as a foreign national, um, you can't have a vehicle, and y'all know that that would be the biggest scam ever because y'all would find a way, Caymanians, mm -mm. it'd be like marriages of convenience. Y'all would find a way around that in a heartbeat. You'd be charging the poor Filipino, Indian, American, Canadian workers a pretty penny uh, just to be able to use your car or, or you know get a car and then you would do it for them. Y'all, y'all would find out how to scam the system. Like I don't, I think that that would be probably disastrous for more reasons than one, because um, then they'd be trying to figure out who's who's scamming. It's like arranged marriages and now arranged cars. Live says in the UK, the public is encouraged to use public transport whenever there's a big event. Uh, it's automatic to leave your vehicle at home, take the bus, the train, or walk. Again, in order to do that, you need reliable public transport. So you can't have one without the other. They have to go hand in hand. So Gabby says, um, if big cities with millions of people can work on bus schedules, I don't see why our Little Rock can't. Have a schedule and GPS tracking that you can track when the next bus will be at their location. Ooh, honey child. Gabby? Let me tell you something. The other day I was thinking about this concept of GPS tracking. It wasn't really about tr public transport, but I like it. Except that those are private owned vehicles. So you'd have to have public vehicles and then hire bus drivers and put tracking devices on them. I'm all for that. Private vehicles, you can't really do it. But, but publicly owned vehicles, absolutely. Here, what I was thinking this weekend. I can't tell you all quite why yet I was thinking this. But let's just say there's certain politicians that have access to um, vehicles. Those are government vehicles, right? And so here, here it is now. Y'all gonna be like, ooh, Sandy's so scandalous. I was thinking to myself, what we actually need to do is we need to have trackers on those vehicles. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, honey child. Then we'd see what some of these MPs be up to in their salacious behavior. Let's just leave that on the table. Good morning. Liana says those in permit should uh, not be able to have a car. I have an electric bike and gas bicycle, but not, but no safety for us. So let me ask you a question now. If you're saying that these uh, bicycles and mopeds, as we can see, the poor woman got licked down the other day, hit and run drivers all over the damn place, are not safe for us, 
Are you saying that it's okay for the expats to be getting knocked on and killed and it's okay because they'll be all right? Or they're disposable to their families? I mean, you can't impose that kind of thought process on people. Uh, Liana says, once the Eastern expansion opens, more condos are going to go up for a billion dollars. <laughs> well, that's happening anyway. Dean says, I think carpooling limits people's daily movements. Uh, there's the gym, the hairdresser, the barber, shopping, doctor's appointment, et cetera, uh, between lunch and after work for lots of people. My take on the matter, I don't believe government needs to do more. I believe the government needs to do more and widen roads right across the Caribbean. So you think it's the roads that are the problem and nothing else. Well, at some point, um, you can take, you know, Kingston, for example, the traffic in Jamaica because of their population size and, again, their road structure, you know, they have the craziest bumper-to-bumper traffic every single day. People make up their own lanes to try to work and, and get around things. Della says, while the premier has taken responsibility for the Friday fiasco, every living member of past government should also be included. They have all had the opportunity to fix the huge problem, which now faces the PAC government to try and fix. Maybe if that master ground transportation plan had been put in place years ago, Lord Jesus, you're speaking sense, girl. Hold on. Where's my kaboom button? Oh, what's going on this morning? Oh, Lord have mercy. Have they changed things on this board? No, sir. That's one thing after the next today. Um, oh, I was pressing the wrong button. My apologies. The brain ain't working. Um, she says, um, if it had been put in place years ago, instead of being shelved, like other numerous studies paid for uh, that could make our lives easier or shelved, then maybe their traffic and other areas of life would be better. Yes, honey child. Let's talk about the premier for a second and him taking responsibility for this. First of all, good good for him for taking responsibility and accountability. I'm sure you guys would have heard his statement. And if you didn't, let me just quickly play it for you. But I do take a little bit of an issue for him also taking responsibility. And I'm going to tell you why. Here's the message, first of all. Just one second here. We're just uploading this. Where's my Jeopardy button? Good evening, everyone. I'm sending you this message at a little after seven this evening, November 18th. Tonight, thousands of you are suffering, stuck in an inexcusable traffic jam. Like many of you, I have been in traffic for the past hour and 15 minutes, barely able to move. As Premier, I take responsibility for this situation and I sincerely apologize to all of our commuters who are having to endure this. While we do not know exactly what has caused tonight's logjam, we certainly believe it has something to do with the Pirates Week road closures around central Georgetown. We apologize. I apologize. This is an intolerable disruption to your lives as you try to commute home on this Friday evening. Road closures clearly 
only compound the problem of the unrestricted importation of hundreds of cars every month. We have got to get on top of this situation a lot quicker. And I can promise you that we will be moving fast to try to address this problem. Rest assured, this is unacceptable. I have been on the phone with the Commissioner of the Police and we're working with the Pirates Week organizers to try to determine what can be done to relieve the situation as quickly as possible, even if that means inconveniencing some of the vendors. Rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, we will reevaluate the approval process for road closures and make sure you never have to suffer this again. Thank you for your patience. And once again, I apologize. I'm not even going to ask for your understanding. I just want you to know that I apologize on behalf of the government, on behalf of myself, because I take responsibility for this. I hope you all get home safely and have a great weekend nevertheless. Thank you. All right, so at some level, um, the premier appears a little bit perplexed um, himself about what was causing it. And um, like I said this morning, I don't think there's any argument that the number one factor was the closure of the road. You know, he's saying that, you know, we need to look at closure, future closures, future road closures, et cetera. Um, I think it was El Ray that said something like, oh, you know, well, Saturday was closed as well. And, um, you know, there wasn't uh, that level of, but I think, if you go back to the announcements, because we posted it, there was a difference in, um, there was some change that happened on uh, on Friday and on Saturday's road closure. So there was some announcement that the Ministry of Culture, Sports, whatever, had put up. Good morning to Kenneth Bryan. He says, very good comment from that caller. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit behind in your comments, but thank you for that. Uh, Anthony agreed with that caller that called me around 8.48 or so. Um, so Ingrid says, make work permit holders use the public bus like other islands. And again, if you're a small or micro business or even a larger company that relies on work permit holders, are you willing to accept that if, if public transportation isn't where it needs to be, that your workers are going to be showing up late or at all hours and times? And, you know, I think the public transportation system needs a lot of work. And when I say a lot of work, I mean a complete overhaul and there has to be, you know, um, proper drop-off points. It can't be just pulling off the side of the road where, wherever you feel like it. We've heard complaints from, from residents, and especially in the Eastern Districts, North Side, Frank Sound, East End, Rum Point, that sometimes the drivers don't even want to go a certain distance. And they're like, okay, you have to get off here now and walk the last two miles to your house. And so there's a level of frustration because these are private buses and they kind of up to a certain point, although they're supposed to be following, you know, some degree of rules to be licensed to be a public bus. I think that they kind of make up the rules as they go along sometimes as well. So, the, and again, that isn't an overnight fixture or fix that is going to take some time to get sorted out. So um, the premier's apology uh, by the way, Charlene Soka says, love my BFF, Charlene. Sending you some love this morning. Um, Kurt Grizel's keeping us up with the football. England 3, Iran 0. Ooh, 
Iran got it, got handed a plate there. What a mess. Is that match over already? It only started at eight o'clock this morning. Is it done? Let me, let me do, I'm going to do a quick little check-in and see. I'm not a huge football fan, but I know y'all love World Cup. So I'll look at it over on this other screen. All right. So listen, folks, um, I applaud the premier for apologizing, although I'm a little bit torn about his apology, and I'll tell you why. I think that this premier takes responsibility for stuff that really, um, hold on a second, that sometimes has nothing to do with him. But I get it. He is the leader of the pack. So ultimately, he will be held accountable, right? on his government's uh, failures. And I think he sees this as one of them, that this could have been done um, differently. And, you know, whether it's the police or the um, the Ministry of Culture, whoever it was that pushed for this closure as part of the Pirate Suite Committee, they kind of got it wrong. Uh, the game is still continuing, by the way. And so maybe there is a bit more that um, could have been done. And there's some lessons there that could have been learned and stuff as well. So, yeah, I get it. I get him wanting to take accountability. That's what good leaders do, I suppose. You man up, even when it's not your fault. Um, somebody passed the comment. I got to read some of y'all these comments because I must tell you, they had me cracking up on Friday. So this person said, uh, let me see if I can find this now. So this would have been Friday. Mm-hmm. Got to scroll back a ways. Um, this person says he's always going to have to apologize for those animals he inherited. This is Bernie and his dumbass self. <laughs> OMG. Some of y'all do not hold back in the commentary, in the comment department and commentary department. No, sir. I'm like, really? It is interesting that there was not a peep, not a peep, nothing from Bernie, who Pirates Week now falls under his ministry. He said nothing about this, but yet the poor premier. What a mess. Dean says a humble premiere, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, so to clarify, I did ask the premiere this morning. I said, by the way, um, this um, escort that happened, you know, somebody has said it was the chief justices. Um, and somebody else has said, um, you know, maybe it was the premiere. So I asked straight out. Y'all know I, t- I, I no punches with nobody. I don't care who it is. Let me screenshot this. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I asked the premier very, very straight questions, and he happens to know the type of person I am. I'm gonna, I know I'm aware y'all can see my screen, but I'm just screen grabbing this so I can show you exactly what he said. I don't make nothing up. And he answers the questions forthwith. That is the one thing I must appreciate about him. He is not going to beat around the bush. If he can't answer the question, he's going to say, I can't answer that or wait for the press release or whatever, which will then be sent out to everyone. But this was his response this morning to this question of whether or not um, he was getting an escort. And he said, as in, did I use privilege to get where I was trying to get, where I was trying to ahead, wait a minute. As in, did I use privilege to get where I was trying to ahead of everyone else? He's clarifying the question. He says, I was to speak at an event at the Ritz from Um, at 7 p.m. And I left GAB at 6 p.m. I very reluctantly allowed Norman, that's his his official driver, to drive to the CNB roundabout down the empty opposite lane, traffic lane. But I then instructed him to pull off all lights, sorry, to turn off all lights and cease all actions 
because I had no right to get where I needed to go if anyone else around us had to suffer through the traffic jam. It took me one hour and 20 minutes to go from GAB, that's government admin building, to the Ritz. I spent my time on phone calls with the commissioner of police and others to understand what had caused the problem and how we could avoid it happening in the future. So you know what? This is this is why I have um, a lot of respect and appreciation for Wayne. He didn't pull rank. He didn't use privilege. Um, in fact, he used his time, although he was late for the event, and hopefully he got to speak to the um, justices who got an escort. You know, he's willing to admit that um, he just said, you know what, pull off the street. Let me get some work and some other things done. Because he needed to suffer like the rest of you. <laughs> to really understand your pain, he was going to sit there. In his case, he just pulled off the road. Was it was it worth sitting in? Imagine the amount of gas. I was talking about some of y'all ran out of gas. Some just parked the car and started walking or whatever, coming from the Esther Lee Tibbetts direction. This, listen, the premier is like, I'm not even going to waste gas. Just pull over. I don't know if he was in his personal vehicle, hybrid, or, or what vehicle he's being escorted in. But nonetheless, he said, pull over, stop wasting gas. And uh, let me just sit here and get some work done. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Liana says, Dart going to, going to have us pay for it back? Pay for what? Oh, Richard says, have the Dart group put in a Disney-like monorail system with guarded parking garages, a monorail system will not mess with people's land. Um, I don't know why y'all think Dart must solve all your problems. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know why y'all think that man is the premier of the country. But y'all only do that. I'm gonna, I, I, I need to screenshot this comment because I do think it's a little bit hilarious, but I'm actually I'm gonna use it as my preview comment as well. Um for when we load up the show. But listen, the truth of the matter is, number one, Richard, Dart is not here to solve this country's, all this country's problems. But I, I find it interesting, the love-hate relationship y'all have with him, I must tell you. When you want a problem solved, the only person y'all think can solve it is Dart. And then y'all always cuss in the Dart organization. Miss hmm. Sue says, yeah, Bernie's so embarrassed to show his face after that fiasco. Speaking of fiasco, let's talk about the um, Pirates Week in general, Pirates Fest. I don't know whose brilliant idea it was to make this into a three-month fest, but please don't do it again. Keep it to the one week, just one and done. Like I say with my daughter, people are like, are you having more kids? Nope, one and done, in and out, that's it. Do not drag this out over three months. I don't even understand the business case for it. And there have been so many screw-ups along the way that on Friday, big shout-out to Shirley, when Shirley Ralston sent us her video after 7 o'clock of the streets being empty, right? Let me show y'all something, Shirley. Give me a second here now, because y'all trying to have a go with the Pirates Week Committee. I don't know who handles their Instagram page, but if that's a civil servant, they need uh, to answer some questions today. To, um, to somebody up in government. Poor Francis on leaves. So They're not going to be him. He's trying to recruit from the stress that y'all are always putting him on. Uh, so let me show you the footage that she sent us that was after 7 o'clock in the evening. Granted, because of the traffic jam, undoubtedly, there would have been a lot of people who might have wanted to get to the uh, festivities a little bit earlier. 
who simply were not physically able to do so. All right. Um, I don't know what happened to YouTube, but we just lost our numbers on YouTube. Anybody on YouTube still watching? I noticed our numbers went down to zero all of a sudden. Very strange. Um, so in any event, um, what we have here, folks, is an empty street. Now, to me, there is no debate about whether or not that was that night the time or anything of the sort, Shirley is not the type of person who's going to make up, oh, the streets are empty. So I was a little bit perplexed when someone on yesterday, I think it was, or Saturday, Saturday it must have been, sent me this screenshot from the Pirates Week Committee where they made some comment. And I guess, you know, honey chow, they obviously know that CMR is so relevant that they're up in their feelings because we posted Shirley's um, comment. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can find this for you guys. It looks like YouTube dropped our feed, by the way. So if you were on YouTube, you got to jump over to Facebook or listen to the radio. Um, let me see if I can find this comment now. So they posted this comment on our page, essentially calling us liars. Oh, here it is. This is Pirate Week Committee trying to get all salty with people. And they said, um, Pirates Week IG with the clap back at Mall Road for spreading lies. And they have it, Pirates Fest came in, ghost town, question mark, nah. They put a little ghost emoji. Pirates Fest 2022, Pirates Fest came in. <laughs> Y'all make me laugh. Uh, we're spreading lies. So let me try to understand this Pirates Week committee. Because if y'all really want me to out y'all with some of the shenanigans that has gone out with this pirate fest and how, what a cluster F of a situation it was come for me on a good day. Mm-hmm. Don't worry the FOI coming. Cause I want to see how much of our money you've wasted on this pirate fest. You see, you don't mess with people who are in the know. Sometimes, you know, that saying about letting sleeping dogs lie. Sometimes it is best that you say nothing. You keep your mouth shut. Shirley's video at seven after seven o'clock in the evening is what it was. It was a ghost town. Now people got it after 10, 11 o'clock because y'all had traffic so screwed up in town. But don't come for me when I have all sorts of evidence on how you guys screwed up. For example, the people, the civil servants now I'm talking to y'all up in the ministry. Do you want me to tell the people of the Cayman Islands? How on Friday you were scrambling to get fireworks for Friday night because you had previously said you didn't need them. And then after three o'clock in the afternoon, you're scrambling, scrambling, trying to get Graham Rankin to deliver fireworks for that night. Last minute foolishness. That is the, that is the height of incompetence. Y'all don't know the things that I know and how I know it. I would caution you to sit back and shut up. And I'm trying to be as nice as I can. Don't accuse CMR of lying because we have no need or desire to lie in anybody. 
We try to bring you the facts. If it's, if it's gossip, we tell you straight up it's gossip. If we don't know. Shirley took that video and, and captioned it with something like, oh my God, after all of that traffic, there's not even anybody out here. Those poor people still at home trying to get their second wind to shower and come back out to the festivities. So Pirate Suite Committee, don't come for me because I have a lot on y'all with this Pirate Fest this year. It has been a failure. And despite it being a failure, yes, people showed up on Friday and Saturday night. Good for you. The number of people that showed up isn't an indication of how successful your event planning skills are. It's just that people not had nothing else to do and they like a good party, so they showed up. Gabby says, OMG, let's not talk about that parade. No, sir. Give bad balloon came ass any day. Thank you, Jenny. I figured that's what it was because of the game playing silently. They still pull the feed on YouTube. So switch on over, folks, to Facebook. I forgot about all these rules, honey child. But um, but yes, Pirate Suite Committee, are y'all for real? Y'all really want me to spill the tea on what I know about your various failures with this event? Mm, y'all need hush. Trust me, y'all need a hush. That is just one example. I could go on. Someone needs to do a proper assessment of this Pirates Week event and honestly, really evaluate what has gone wrong. Fireworks went off a little bit after 7 o'clock and they weren't supposed to be until 8 o'clock. So an hour early for the fireworks. So most people miss the fireworks, to be honest. The same fireworks that y'all didn't actually request until after three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you see, people like the minister probably doesn't even know that and others doesn't know that. Civil servants, watch your back. It's not in your best interest to come after CMR, Tom, but we're relying on you when we have more than enough facts to prove your unbelievable incompetence. We don't have time to lie in the civil service. We want y'all to have a successful event because that's our friggin' money. What do y'all think this is? The number of complaints that we've received about errors in the scheduling. Y'all went and spent all your money with the compass, but how come nobody's asking how the link for the promo on their Facebook page even had the wrong date. It had Pirates Week 2019. Y'all want the screenshot from that too? Like I said, be careful when you want to be trying to flex your muscles and talk in foolishness. Because the things that people send me and the observations that I've made on my own, paying attention, y'all would be surprised. Don't go there. It's, it's once again, the Barbara Streisand effect. Sometimes you are better off saying nothing at all. Keep your big mouth shut than to open your mouth and then call attention to yourself. Because then all you do is make me go, oh, y'all want a war with CMR? That's never a good idea, even on a bad day. But let me show y'all exactly what I'm talking about. How much money y'all think they spent with a compass? Well, we got FOI and find out, but look at this. 
You spend all that kind of money and then look at this foolishness. Hmm? Pirates Week 2019 will be from, yeah. And this was, a, this was actually a sponsored and promoted ad that they paid for and somebody couldn't even get it right. We're in 2022, the last time I checked, unless y'all doing some time traveling. Y'all want any private suite committee? Shall I keep going or do you get the point? But I mean, it is very, very interesting that I'm assuming it's a civil servant who would have put up that comment trying to call us, or we have CMR lies. Somebody needs to be talked to. I'm not saying you should necessarily get fired, but somebody should be brought in about this post. Who's controlling the Instagram page for Pirates Fest came in? And who would have authorized this type of payment? Um, payment, this type of comment. Y'all got to do better. Let's assume that the the, pot, the bottom part isn't them. Because um, CC said when they said ghost town, nah, and they put the little ghost there, she thought they were talking about her comment. Because enough of y'all were like, this is a ghost town. What a mess. Y'all need to get it together. Good morning to Lynette. Beautiful Lynette is in the house. Damien, good morning. Uh, the organizers who were signed to this year's Pirate Fest are not qualified or organized in my honest opinion. Even the website was not updated and is not user-friendly. Even the location of events was vague. By most accounts, this was a failure. I don't care what, I don't care what the committee thinks, that what a fantastic job they did. By most accounts, most people think this event was a failure. I'm just telling y'all. Sue says this Pirates Week or damn month of it was nothing like past years, which were organized then. They should have asked Melanie to help them out with this. Melanie um, Matfield, who has ran Pirates Week for a number of years. Yes, it was spread out over three months. I've never heard of such a thing. Gabby says you would think that they would have had time to get their ish together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynette says, that's right, Sandra. Make them know what time it is. I'm just saying, don't go around patting yourself on the back when you've actually not done a good job. <laughs> right? Self-praise is no recommendation. Take that from them old people. Uh, El Ray says, for the record, I'm pro-dart. Kudos, kudos. Um, let's move on from Pirates Week entirely. I'm, I'm so tired of that fiasco. We'll circle back to them. Um, someone says, what about bad driving? How can PW make the decision to close the road, meaning Pirates Week? Didn't the landing start early as well? Child, it's, it's been a long list of failures with that whole thing. <laughs> like I said, if they're thinking that they have been successful, the truth of the matter is they have been successful in spite of themselves. <laughs> Y'all understand what I mean? They've been successful despite failing. That's what I would say in relation to that. 
Um, so I'm aware about the YouTube link. I'll see if we can get it restored, honey chill. All right. Uh, somebody else says, why did you get suspended? I'm assuming it's because I was showing, although there was no audio, this artificial intelligence is amazing. Because I was showing the game um, on the side there that they, they clipped me for that. Uh, all right. So thank you for all the messages. We are where honey chill blocked me on YouTube. What a mess. Um, okay. So since we're going to talk about fiascos, let's quickly move on. Oh, this one says crisis eliminates, illuminates character. It was all day Friday in relation to the traffic closures and the bad traffic probably. Um, and then someone says we need school buses for all schools so that private schools should get school buses and stuff as well. You know, I don't even know because, oh my God, I can't even imagine what time my child would be getting home if she took a school bus. I guess if they had like 20 buses going in all different directions. Ugh, what a nightmare. Um, government should issue a one-year moratorium on the importation of these Japanese cars. So this person is saying target Japanese cars in specific. So that's all the Honda fits, which to be quite interestingly enough is what the majority of foreign workers are bringing in. A lot of Caymanians too. People have also said to control these car dealers who are selling, you know, they're popping up every which way. Um, where's the report showing who is importing vehicles and how many are being imported? In addition, alternating staff to work one week in office and one week at home change the start and work times per day and start at 8 a.m., 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. So some other suggestions that have come in. Um, if the government needs to put restrictions on work permit holders owning a vehicle, they should only be allowed to own a vehicle after two years of being on the island. Hmm, okay. Uh, this person says, <clears throat> that's how many get in here and get cemented. Oh, sorry, that was not the number. Thoughts on a road tax versus import limitations. Oh God, that more work for government to try and co collect money that they'll never collect. A road tax per vehicle levied at the time of registration and on renewal of licenses. I don't think anybody else wants to be taxed. Mm -mm. And someone says the law of telecom, as technology advances, distance becomes less relevant. It should be but it's a mindset, right? Um, what is this about? Oh Lord. Okay, that's a different conversation <laughs> that we're not on. Ay, 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 what a mess. All right. Hot mess. All right, so let's move on to the, uh, let me see what else I had on my list. One second here. Mm. There was another. Um, mm -hmm. Lucia says, Sandy, I was reading a post where Jamaican asking for Caymanian man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to cut. Let's leave that one for probably tomorrow's discussion, honey, child, because that requires a, a minute to figure out what a hot mess. Mm, mm, mm. Oh yes, let's talk about please. 
people dumping on our public roads, dumping trash and traffics. Tra trash and traffics. Trash and uh, construction debris. El Rey says, limit importation of cars from Japan. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry importing and selling cars. Well, there is a lot of it happening, yes. But then, you know, the little man's going to say, hold on a second. Um, if you do that, are you trying to say that the little man can't make an honest living? Y'all going to be kicking up about that too, honey, Jill. Let's talk about offenders of um, our littering law. Here on this program, folks, we've been telling you guys about the bulk waste collection, which happens every year around this time of year. The Cayman Islands government, big shout out to the Department of Environmental Health, says to you, you have bulk waste, put it outside your front gate. The garbage trucks will come around. They're doing a special schedule. They will come around and pick up your bulk waste. They didn't say, go drop it off up the street on the Newlands and the East-West Arterial Bypass. That is not what it says. Okay? And yet, you guys clearly are not paying attention. It's crazy. So much so that we were asked on, I think it was Friday, to post something on our platform to try to spread the word that even after There was an actual no dumping sign there, by the way, for those of you who were trying to give these idiots some, oh, well, um, putting up a red, putting up a caution tape don't mean no dumping. There was a sign there and the people stole the very sign. They took the sign down. Well, I know who getting a ticket here today. They need to be prosecuted. Y'all keep it up. We're going to force you to be law abiding in this country. I don't give a damn what you do in your own country, but when you come here, you get your act together. Mm-hmm. So... We put up the post, said, this is not a dumping site. Stop the dumping. Please. DEH has come out, cleared what was there, put up the caution tape to encourage you to stop dumping. And guess what? Look at this. After that, y'all still at the dumping. So if you own this Nissan SUV, license plate number 172390, expect to hear from the police. They will be contacting you about why you're dumping on public property. And look, they got a child involved, you know. No wonder everybody around here trying to break laws. Y'all don't even train your children right. When you're out there doing the wrong things, you take the children along for the ride. This is not a dump site. It is an eyesore to have this on a mean arterial way. You've got tourists and other visitors here who drive around seeing this like, what? There are designated days for pickup depending on where you live. So I would really like for you all to please stop doing it. It's not a dumping location. 
I'm trying to find the schedule so we can share it again for the umpteenth time. We've been doing like Georgetown just finished. You know, they, they set aside specific dates for all of the different locations. It's really not that difficult, to be honest. So this person, Georgetown was November the 19th through the, uh, November 14th through the 19th. Let me see if we have any updated ones. We've been posting. If you have any questions, by the way, you can contact the Department of Environmental Health directly at 949-6696. Email is dehcustomerservice at gov.ky. So this person is out there dumping, and this is just laziness is what this comes down to, you know. These people don't want to drive all the way to the dump to take their trash, and so they'll just trash it and throw it anywhere on the side of the street. This is not the only location over the years that they have done this too. All right. Let me see now. Look at this one. Construction waste. Right? If you drive a truck, I don't know what kind of truck this is. It looks like they work for a landscaping construction company. They got a plant on the back of the truck. Plate number 215606. You can expect to hear from the police today as well. Stop dumping at this location. It is not a dump site. Like I said, somebody stole the no dumping sign. How ridiculous is this? <sighs> Unbelievable. What do we have to do to enforce the most basic laws? No, sir. I tell you, um, JD says use the fancy camera system to automatically charge tolls during rush hour and get refunded. Um, as you use public transport for incentive to skip the car, but you need proper public transport for it. Yes. Well, yeah, you can't penalize people with a toll system. Um, quite yet. I don't think that's anywhere near where it needs to be. So um, gentlemen who work for these construction companies who are dumping on um, why the why not crisscross like an X with a yellow tape? It is as best as they can. I'm, I'm supposing they're not yellow tape experts. They're not caution tape experts. They did the best they can to quarter off the area. You know what, Damien? It doesn't matter. When people are hell-bent on breaking the laws, you could put up a no-dumping sign and they're going to steal the no-dumping sign. But I bet you what. They're going to think twice now about doing this. Now that the police have their, their license number, they should easily be able to prosecute them. Certain areas are crisscrossed, but does it matter? Do you think crisscrossing it any way would have helped or would have stopped these people from breaking the law? This is where we waste time on a lot of semantics. People like this don't care, Damien. They don't care if you got it crisscross, patty whack, whatever. They're still going to dump there because they're just lazy and don't want to go to the dump. 
and they're dropping off all of their construction waste as they do in East End and other locations as well. I've shown you guys that dumping ground that they've made in East End. We need to have more, number one, the, the legislation needs to be amended. We need to increase the fine for littering to make it really worth your while to think twice about littering. And number two, we, de we do need more signage to go up about the littering laws and a general education program on this country because there's a lot of countries where certain things are acceptable, including litter littering. That's what they do in those countries. And I hate to tell you it, but I've, I've been there and I've seen it. And it's like, oh, no big deal, blah, 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 blah. It's not acceptable here. And if it's not acceptable here, then simply do not do it and enforce the laws, increase the fines. Good morning, caller. Good morning, caller. I thought I would miss you, but I, I, I know I only got a few minutes. How are you, Sandy? Not bad, dear. How you doing? Not too bad either. Um, I, I don't want to really get off of your topic, topic, but we can increase fines, we can do anything we feel like doing, but if these laws are not enforced, enforced, police should be made that they give tickets on the spot in a certain day or a certain time to go and pay that fine instead of courts wasting our money again come back next week, come back next year, come back, whatever, mm -hmm. for these fines. And you hardly hear anything about getting fined for all of this garbage and people dumping their garbage on mm -hmm. other people's lands and whatnot. On a little different subject, I want to thank Polar Bear mm -hmm. Air Conditioning, and, and I think they also have... Um, appliance doctors as well for the good work that they're doing for Cuba at this time. When Obama was president, he lifted the, the embargo. Then in comes um, the brightest man the United States ha had at, as president, pig mouth Donald Trump, um, and put the embargo back on. So when the hurricane hit them, Sandra, mm -hmm. Havana mm -hmm. was one of the places that is the worst. When you have mothers having to line up from the night before to get something for their little children to eat and still go home without it, mm -hmm. my God, remember Cuba was a very, very good place for us. And it still is. In, a, in many cases, people still go over there for operations and stuff. They don't have anything. Clothes, food, medicine, anything. And Polar Bear was one of them that could get, God has gotten the stuff with the donation and the help of kind people of the Cayman Islands. God bless uh, Mr. Mobley and his wife, Betty, and the rest of them that has helped out. They're already gone, far as I know. So let's be neighborly to the people here in Cayman that don't have anything. 
and stop dumping the garbage. We, we, we have the laws, but they're not enforced. We have the laws dropping out our ears. Thanks, Sandra, for your time. And you have a pleasant day. Thank you, my dear. Really appreciate it. So this nastiness um, and laziness is really what it boils down to of our environment. Like I said last week, we were talking about landlords making people live in cockroaches, cockroach-infested homes. And um, I never did show you all the one with the, um, look at this one, scorpion-infested homes. Y'all don't want to um, keep your places clean. You don't want to hire exterminators. And so, you know, people have to live in nasty conditions. It doesn't extend apparently to just your homes. Some of y'all are also extending it to um, other things such as the public roadway. I mean, come off it now. Well, I'm all about publicly shaming people into doing the right thing because sometimes it occurs to me that that's the only thing that actually works. Seriously. The tape is there, Jonathan, because they were using it for a dumping site. And they stole the sign that said no dumping. So DEH, I guess, thought, put the tape there. No caution that some donkey would figure out that that means that you don't actually use it for anything. But clearly, that ain't working. They're ignoring the tape and they're still dumping their garbage. So we got two culprits that will now be contacted by the police for prosecution. Because it is it is against the law to litter. Mm-hmm. Prosecute a few and you'll see how quickly they shape up. Pretty simple, folks, pretty simple. Let's talk about this concept of public shaming here now that we're on the topic, yeah? On Friday, you guys will remember if you listen to the end of the program that we we're trying to reach this guy Jamaican fella living here in the Cayman Islands, Joseph Francis, a.k.a. Lloyd, who was living or is living in the Cayman Islands. And uh, we were trying to find Lloyd to pay back some $1,200 that he had borrowed from somebody else. So the lady in the UK sent the evidence of the money. Uh, not just that she sent him money, but she sent the WhatsApp messages she demonstrated how for almost three years, January would have been three years, she has been chasing this person for her $1,200 US. He claimed that he needed the money to buy tools. He ended up, according to her, giving the money to the wife, which she said he said that right in front of the wife, so she believes that it's true. Never bought the tools. He's, in, he's a construction worker, and so he must have a good job, is what she believes. So why hasn't he paid her back? Well... We tried phoning Lloyd on Friday. He never answered the phone. Maybe he was busy at work. Let's give Lloyd credit. And so, you know, more ways to skin a cat. So he posted it on social media and said, Lloyd, please sort yourself out. Um, get this woman's money to her. ASAP. Well, all of a sudden, a man who had been ghosting her for years. In fact, quite ironically enough, she's all the way in the UK, but she said she was told over a year ago 
You need to contact these people called Cayman Maru. They'll help you get your money back. And she threatened Lloyd with that. And he laughed at her basically and said, oh, you can't do anything to me. You're in the UK and I'm in the Cayman Islands. So he thought that because the oceans between them and the continents between them, that he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. If Lloyd was of the opinion that because um, maybe, I, I don't know when Lloyd got an island, but no, well, it's been three years now, so he should have heard it came on my road, so I don't know. I have no clue what Lloyd was thinking. But anyway, all of a sudden, when the post went up, miraculously, Lloyd could start calling this woman. Quite funny enough, he called her at least 10 times on Friday within half an hour of the post going up. Lloyd's wife also reached out because the only photos that the woman in the UK had were wedding photos that she found of, online of Lloyd and his wife. So we needed a photo of Lloyd and that was all we had. So he put that up. Well, lo and behold, Lloyd could find the woman and call her obsessively about this money. Oh, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to send the money today. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And sure enough, as them old people say, sure enough, Lloyd found the money and he sent her the money on Saturday. Now, there's other people who called me about Lloyd and they said, oh, Miss Sandra, this Francis fella is a crook. I said, geez, I'm peace. How many of these crooks are we going to import? I'm just curious to know. Because we sure appear to be bringing them in hot and heavy. I'm like another crook from Jamaica again? What's wrong with us? No, sir. Anyway, they said, listen to me. He's a crook. They feel bad for the wife, but they say he's a crook. And not no two ways about it. Good morning, caller. Good morning, caller. Good morning again. Are you going to answer you know the question? We, how many are important? It? No, no, but I can tell you the reason why. Oh, okay. The reason why is because we no, no longer have that little clause in law that says they have to publish their names in a newspaper, Babap, the Cayman Compass, or something similar. Well, don't publish in the Compass because nobody likes to see it no more. Well, whatever, we, we know how to get that done. Government has portals, government can get that done. They have their technocrats or they can pay you. Um, oh, Lord. To, to publish that photograph, given now I would want little details on that photograph, under that photograph, saying what you, what you, want, what, what you want my citizenship for. Hmm. Because after they get it, remember, it's not, it not worth anything. Well, when you hear them listen and, to me. And how they scandalize you. I'm not going to go into it today. People can be here mm -hmm. and you don't know. Mm -hmm. And how you don't know how much. And yada, yada, you. Yes. Well, I'm not going to get into it today because we're already into overtime. But they've now taken to social media looking for Caymanian wives. That how bad it's gotten. You take well, that. It's been that way, baby, that, that because of social media. You look well, at. I mean. Are you they're, participating? They're, they're publicly. It, it, it's not they're publicly advertising that they want Caymanian wife. These marriages of convenience have gotten out of hand. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. When I say long time ago, I said before this, the last election period gone here, we need 
to first look at two things. It was five of them, I don't remember the three, but two of them, immigration reform mm -hmm. and campaign finance reform. Because if Jack who sits at the top can get monies to finance himself from his friends and taking what government gives to the little poor person down the bottom needs an extra push. And I was just on the, on the program talking about affirmative action. We need affirmative action for our people too. Bye. Mm -hmm. What a hot mess. Anyway, um, he was able to all of a sudden um, find the money. So don't look like finding the money was a problem because he sure found it on, on right away on Friday and then proceeded to send her the funds. What a mix-up story. So I'm happy to report that that woman, um, there was something where apparently, I don't think she's used this um, system before, but she had to go and register her ID online with MoneyGram, which I know that they do that because even if I send stuff Western Union to people, there's like a registration process. If they've never used that service before, or if it's been quite a while, you need to update your information with them. So um, this is him. We were able to source another photo of him which we now have. Um, so, you know, y'all need to get it together. I would think, even if you were in a scammer back home or whatever, you hanging out in the bars, scamming women. I hear he does construction work, so he's always got women who are interested in his services to build them a house, and they'll, they'll exchange sex and a su supposed relationship for, um, for his services, right? But even if that was the case, what I would say is that um, when you go to another man's country, that is when you should be on your best behavior. But you cannot separate a scammer from who they truly are. If you're a scammer, you're a scammer, you're a scammer. If you're drunk, you're most likely going to be a drunk until you get professional help. So unfortunately, you know, when you post up these people, you get all of the salacious details more than I care to know. I don't want to hear about how he don't, he talking bad about his wife. That might be the wife's business. But then everybody's like, he don't want a nice Christian girl. He complained about the wife up in church and he don't want her and she not dressing sexy enough for him. And this on the next thing, more mess. So the wife, as most wives would do, tries to start defending him. And I say, honey, child, let me tell you something. From one wife to the next, let me warn you about defending men. Don't do it. You can't swear for nobody. You just need to keep your eyes and ears open because life has a way of revealing things and people have a way of revealing their true selves. So all you have to do is sit back and watch and wait. And it may soon come to your attention that this is not going to be an isolated incident with your spouse. And you might start wanting to work on your exit plan to find an ex-husband or at least to move out of this relationship. It's really, really unfortunate that somebody has to chase you for three years for money that in good faith they loaned to you and you borrowed with the understanding that you would pay it back. So within hours, uh, I'm happy to say 
that the money was sent. Now, the parties obviously have some bad blood between them now. There's money and stuff. It has a way of doing that, right? When you mix yourself up with people money. That's why you don't borrow money and you will have no issues. I'm not in the loan, loan uh, business. When people come to me, if I don't have it to give to you, I'm sorry. Can't help you. So now it's bad blood. He's messaging me about, oh, you don't know this woman. This not. I said, let me, let me give you a word of advice. And I've given her the exact same thing. I'm not interested in getting in the mix with the two of you. You can hash out your bad blood when both of you go back to Jamaica together. But what I would say is just move on. You've sent her the money back. She's in the process of trying to collect it from Western Union. Just leave it at that. It took her three years. She claims that she threatened you a year and a half ago at CMR and you never listen. Just move on. Done and dusted. It's over. Now, I got another phone call yesterday from a Caymanian lady who was looking for uh, some assistance with her tenants who wouldn't move out. And she said, Sandy, I need some help. These people renting my place. This elderly man and his supposedly bedridden wife and the son, and they don't want to move out of my place. And this is not going to go good because if my husband go down there tomorrow, all hell's going to break loose. And I know that you can get people to do things and blah, blah, blah. What I want to say is landlords and tenants, you need to start vetting people more carefully. Yeah. Before you let, when you see somebody in a rush to move into your place, slow and pump the brakes on the process and find out why they rush in to leave where they're leaving and what the real situation in the real story is. Take your time, ask for references, et cetera, et cetera. Because you have people, these people over $5,000 in rent now and rental arrears, NAU clients, by the way, Jamaican guy, but he must have status now, been here a minute. And you have some people who have no respect, none whatsoever for people and their property. They will come into your rental place and don't pay you rent and have no intentions of leaving. The good news is that matter has now been resolved and he's out along with the wife and the son. Well, she still is owed over $5,000, but she's going to have to go to court and get that sorted out. This is what, unfortunately, as landlords, you're going to have to do. Because you can bet your bottom dollar that when someone comes to you with their meow, meow, and pam, pam story about how they urgently need a place to rent, you're not the first person that they have likely done this to. And chances are they have a history of owing people money. That poor lady who lives in Newlands right now, who's owed, what is it, almost $20,000 by Ruth Anna, had she done her checks, she would have known that as nice a person as Ruth Anna is, she's not very good with paying bills and paying people. And so as a result of that, she would have never rented her her place. Hear, hear me good. If someone has a business location, they get evicted not once but twice for non-payment. What, what makes you think in your head that they ain't come into your house and be a good paymaster? If they're struggling for whatever reason, 
They can't pay staff. They're not paying pension. They're not paying health insurance. Nobody gets paid. They're going to retail stores and buying clothing despite being broke, obviously, and not paying that bill either. Do not rent your house to those people because they're not going to pay you. And then you're going to have a hell of a time getting them out. What can I say? Except you've got to exercise some common sense here, folks. And it's as simple as that. Not trying to be mean to anybody. But if you cannot pay your bills, you're not coming up in my rental house. Sorry for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't have one, but if I had one. And that's how you must think as a landlord. Some of these tenants, just like you have rogue and bad landlords, some of these tenants are horrific as well. And you've got to utilize some checks and balances to, to fish people out and figure out who they are. Mm-mm-mm. I think some sort of um, proper tenancy law that needs to be updated, that's woefully out of date. But I also do think that you have to go as far as having some sort of a board in place as well. Because the police will never help you. They're always going to say, oh, this is a civil matter. And they're not getting involved. But yet some of them will show up and tell you, well, you can't turn off the utilities to get these people out. And you're like, why not? The utilities is in my name. If I want to shut them off, then I'm going to shut them off. But it's unfortunate you're going to get a pushback against being able to do certain things. Change the locks. Put their stuff on the outside. You know, when you have to take those types of very draconian and drastic measures, you know that the relationship is definitely over and it's gone to a different extent. But I do feel that with a degree of moderation, or not moderation, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, mediation, my apologies. With a degree of mediation, and if you had a board that had some influence, some of these things would be a little bit easier than, if you will. So just like how I've said landlords should be licensed, their properties inspected, and make sure they're at least to a minimum standard for human decency and living, tenants, on the other hand, also need to be properly vetted. Let's have a database with some of y'all tenants. Let's show your history of non-payment, <laughs> you know, in the database. Well, she's had three leases and the landlords have voted F for her all three of those times. She's gotten a grade F for payments, cleanliness. Oh, you know what? Even if government doesn't do this, this is a business idea for somebody. Some of y'all out there could set, up, could set this up online, do an online database of tenants and landlords where they get graded. And people can submit photographs and stuff like that. You know, CMR doesn't want to be the one who has to solve all of your problems, to be quite honest. We are a community platform, but geez and peace, we helping you chase money, thieves, you know, criminals, all sorts of stuff. All right. Speaking of criminals, one more for you, then we're going to play the news. This woman reached out on um, Saturday morning 
uh, actually it was it would have been late Friday night, but I saw the I saw the message, I guess, Saturday morning. And she had the following to say. Hi, good night. Sorry for disturbing you so late. This was after 11 o'clock. But I just gave a ride to this old Caymanian man, and he told me that he was staying on Palmdale. Whenever I get there, he came out of my car. I did check up on my things, and my wallet was missing, and I had a $100 CI in there. But the most important thing is I need is my driver's license because I can blot the card from here. I cannot believe it. I went like 10 times in there after I did stop for him, and I never saw that um, MTF there. <laughs> I don't know what MTF stands for. I don't know what that stands for. Um, hey, I'm so over trying to help people when they are begging for a ride. Trust me. Well, the proposal on this post is to get my driver's license back. Well, honey child, we posted that and no less than six people. Oh, it's supposed to be uh, mother. Okay. All right. Thanks, Damien. <laughs> no less than six people contacted me. And said, Sandy, that is none other than um, Kevin Moxham. No less than six people on Saturday contacted me. Said, honey child, that is Kevin Moxham. He lives in Palmdale or his mama lives down in there. And they're like, that is him. This is what this person says. Hey, Sandy, I believe it is Kevin Moxham. This person picked up. A friend saw him in the area last night. Perhaps if they could see a photo of him, they would know. Mm-hmm. Here's another message. Um, I have a hunch about the stolen wallet. Ask the complainant to view Kevin Moxham's picture. His mom lives in Palmdale and he's done this before to buy drugs. The crime is solved. <laughs> Reach out to her and Google his picture and show her. He has bagged rides and stolen wallets before. Mm -mm -mm. Another person um, called me even gave me Kevin's number, which I don't think is, is his most recent number. He gave me his number, the line, line, land line number, everything. They said, trust me, that is Kevin Moxham that stole this woman's wallet. I was like, wow. Here's another person. Um, good morning, Miss Sandra. This was yesterday morning now. This sounds like the tactics of Kevin Moxham. He's a tall, dark Caymanian gentleman. He lives with his mother in Palmdale. He walks with a bag or a briefcase, and he's always begging three, five, or ten dollars and ride home. As soon as he gets in your car, he tries to steal whatever he can, get his grimy fingers on. Her purse might be in the bush somewhere near Palmdale. I hope it's him, and I hope she tracks him down and what does it say? Recovers her belongings, and this doesn't change her kindness, just her awareness. Wow, that was solved very, very quickly. So everybody, when I say everybody, six, seven, eight people saying this is Kevin Moxham is actually quite a number of people. I don't know who the hell Kevin Moxham is supposed to be, but he sounds like he have a reputation for being a thief. I might as well chop them hands right off. It's sad that you cannot be nice to people. I don't give people rides anymore. 
There was a time I took this after my dad, HL. He gave every Tom, Dick, and Harry a ride. So much so that his wife used to put a sign in the car. When they, I remember years ago before he passed away, they'd gotten a new car. And she put a sign in there, said no smoking in the car. Because he would even let people get in his car and smoke. He was a smoker, you see? But he was like a one cigarette a day kind of smoker. But she was like, no smoking in the car. Because strangers just get in. He Like he, he run in taxi. Because he just like talking to people, whatever. I don't know. Trying to be nice to people. And poor Miss Mabel. She's like, nope. No riders. Put her no rider sign on her dashboard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I stopped giving people rides a long time ago. I hate to tell you. Sorry. So, um, About a month ago, a month and a half ago, I was at Wellis. And there's a lady there who's always in town. Uh, we know we know who she is, you know, got kids and whatever, but she's always up and down looking to ride, honey child. Sometimes she gets a little bit aggressive when she asks for a ride, which is so interesting. Because you think you'd humble yourself if you're begging people a favor. But anyway, um, she was at Wellis and it was raining on a Sunday and she was saying, oh, you know, she's getting all this food. Miss, can you give me a ride? I always feel so bad telling people no, I must tell you, I really do feel bad. But I actually wasn't going in her direction anyway. But she tries to be smart. She said, well, which way are you going? And then can you take me to this point? Then I can try and get it. I was like, listen, honey, I have, I'm not going in your direction. And I'm dealing with family stuff. And I, and I got no time today. But I said, what I will do for you is I will call you a taxi and pay for it. So you can get where you need to go. And oh, my God, I called her a taxi. Big shout out to the taxi lady who helped her out. Come to find out. Where she needed to go, it's a good thing I never gave her a ride, child, because me and her would have been fighting that day. Um, where I had to end up taking her with one million and one gazillion bags that she had in this rain was like a flooded area. And of course, now she 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 getting taxi service. She don't want her feet to get wet. The woman had to practically take her to the door, the front door, and help her with all the stuff. And she got wet. The poor taxi woman wasn't really too happy. Now she's like, listen, that was a pain in the ass. But when she called me and then heard it was me, she said, oh, Miss Sandy, that's you? I said, yes, honey, chill. She said, you don't worry about it. You're not going to pay me. Just don't worry about it. Because I only had, y'all know I don't walk around cash. So I was like, I can only pay you with my card. But call me because it's like the official. I've never even called a tax and came out before. I didn't even know what number to call. The people in Wellows was like, no, try this number. Try this number. This is the number for tax and dispatch. But eventually we got them. But then I told him, only send someone who could take a card because that's the only way I have to pay. She said, oh, no, don't worry about it. Miss Sandy, I got you. And I was like, no, that your gas money. I don't mind paying. I said I was going to pay for her. And I was calling a taxi for her. The taxi driver said, never mind, forget it. But it turns out to be this big rigmarole sometimes to help people. So you could understand why people are getting hardened in their poor little hearts. And they don't want to help people no more. It's sad, right? Uh, Alejandra says, I heard that name in Stingray City yesterday too. Not deal, not no deal with, what? Not deal with a name spreading. Who, Kevin Moxham? Try to get his picture. Well, I haven't looked yet, but Johan, you, that your family, not true. Johan says he's family to Luigi and their mothers. <laughs> Johan trying to pass off a cousin. Because all the Moxums are have to be family. The Moxums not that big. Go ahead, Johan. How's he family to you? First cousin? Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, my dear child, you had you can't clean family because some of them are nothing but an embarrassment, my love. Um, Jamie says, do any electronic stores sell these small GPS trackers? I don't know. Maybe. Irvin says, I don't give people a ride. I can't stand people who's not related so close up to me. <laughs> yes, Irvin is a bit of a germaphobe. She don't like people in her personal space like that. So if you ever meet Evelyn person, keep your six feet distance. Um, by the way, Evelyn, have you had COVID yet? Because with your policy, I'm thinking you probably haven't had COVID. Uh, Everton, Everton says, hello, CMR. I was thinking, I was thinking, what? I was thing working out for the person who's sleeping in the car as someone tried to help them to get himself situated. Oh, we're going to talk about that one tomorrow. So tomorrow's show topics we got to talk about these marriages of convenience that have taken over this country like I don't know why. And we're going to talk about the story. I mean, I had on today's list, but child, it's, there's only so many hours in a day. So we're going to talk about the person sleeping on the street in the car. What else do we have up for tomorrow? We'll talk a little bit about World Cup because, you know, uh, Qatar is a hot mess. No, no alcohol, no holding hands. No kissing, no hugging at matches. They got one long list of rules. And then apparently they left the journalists stranded. Like hundreds of journalists were in a line yesterday. They were stranded with no transportation. And so the journalists, there's a guy from The Guardian, I think it was, saying that maybe they were doing that on purpose because the media, by and large, hasn't been reporting very positive things about Qatar at all. And so <laughs> it ain't good. Um, oh, I meant not to deal with it. Yes. I mean, people should know what he looks like, but don't give people rides. I'm, I'm, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, especially since we were talking about transportation this morning, but you don't know who you're picking up, especially as a woman picking up a man. Child, he could have been a molester. He could have been a rapist. He could have been any, anybody who met you no good. So women in particular have to be very, very careful. But in this day and age, I would not recommend picking anybody up, honest to God. Like if it's a child, maybe. Your hand says you're spreading lies. I'm suing CMR. Poor you. And Moxon's can't hide. Feel sorry for you. Morning, Miss Morna. <laughs> not a whole lot of Moxons and K-Man and they all family chill. Johan, tell him where the Moxham name come from now. Is that the Belize connection? Anyway, um, just don't pick him up. But he he apparently has a prolific history. And um, I thought it was related to drugs. I said that to one of the people that called me. They said, no, honey, child, he was a thief. Before he started out on the drugs, I had to laugh. <laughs> you know, Caymanians. Gotta love y'all. The person, like, he was he was born stealing. He had damn teeth. Even before the drugs, that just made it worse. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all are just too much some days. I just can't even. How do you pronounce the, how do you pronounce the country? Is it Kitar or Kitar? How, what's the proper pronunciation? Everton says for the tracking devices, try Amazon. They would have it there. Um, anything. Well, you know, you can get just the Apple, um, what are the Apple tracking devices called? If you have an iPhone, they're probably the simplest things to put in your bag, but he only stole the wallet, which I guess you could, you could stick one of those probably easily in your wallet. Um, it's with a K, right? Katar. Qatar. Is it like a hard W? Qatar. 
or Qatar. Qatar or Qatar. Anyway, that country over there in the Middle East that most women probably don't want to go to. <laughs> However, shout out to the Caymanians that ventured there. We had a photo of two of them who are there. I put that up on our social media page. Did you guys see that? Representing with our beautiful Cayman Islands flag. Good on them for traveling all that distance. Taking flag with them to say, hey, look at us. We're from the Cayman Islands. And of course, the opening ceremony, I think we had some kind of flag represented mm -hmm. as well. Let me show you all the beauty of this flag that we love. Yes, honey chow. There it is. Nothing like it in the world, right? Makes my heart go thumpity thump. FIFA World Cup 2022. And there they are looking good. I don't know who, I don't have no clue who these people are. Well, he looks like he's from Trinidad because he's wearing a shirt saying Trinidad and Tobago, but I guess they live in Cayman, so they decided to take the Cayman flag, or maybe the wife is Cayman, and I don't know. But thank you very much. I love it. Appreciate it. Um, Alejandro Sofinia says, listen, he will steal your shirt off your back and you wouldn't even know it. Sweet soul, but hand sticky bad. Oh, Soka says uh, it's pronounced almost like Qatar. So Qatar, like that, Qatar. If you're Spanish, you'd probably say Qatar, but you're saying it's Qatar? Anyway, I won't, it's not on my bucket list to ever go there. <laughs> Good luck to them. But uh, no alcohol, no holding hands. The stadiums look pretty empty, to be honest. Y'all see the stadiums? Um, behind this couple i don't see nobody in the stadiums even they look empty they should have added some virtual people hi caller yeah what you say the police was right at the door you couldn't even get inside the house um which the literary police. The, the literary police oh okay <laughs> She said, emphasis is actually on the first syllable. So, Qatar. Oh, Qatar. Yeah. All right. Smart yes, okay. my love. She's a word seamstress. She oh, loves yes. <laughs> love her some words. Uh, Damien says we can say Italian or Italian. Lord Jesus. Say squat without the S. Qatar? Huh? That's how you squat? So you're saying it's Qatar. Well, that's nothing close to Qatar. Any um, people from that part of the world <laughs> willing to weigh in? Hold on. We got the benefit of modern technology, honey gel. Let's see if we can get it. Uh, a little dictionary pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Pronunciation in English. It's so funny that they say that because obviously it's an Arabic word. How do Arabs pronounce it? So they pronounce it different than everybody else? The accepted pronunciation would sound like Qatar, K-U-H-T-A-R, Qatar. They did a whole article on this, Mystery Solved, how to pronounce Qatar, the World Cup host name everybody says wrong. <laughs> Lord Jesus. 
Okay, hold on. Let's see what this one says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brazil is a favorite. I hear you. Oh, gosh, get through the football and just tell us how to pronounce it. Uh. Okay, can we just hear how to pronounce it? Why, why the protraction on this? Oh, my goodness. Who's calling me? Um, So they have... They have learned just all the basics except the most basic thing, how to pronounce Qatar. They pronounced it Qatar, Qatar, and Qatar, like Qatar. The Brits occasionally go for Qatar. Some Americans have done their homework and still somehow um, settled on um, Qatar. 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 For a while, a few online dictionaries bafflingly spelt it out, Qatar. Like cutter, cutter, C O T T E R, not C U T. All are wrong, according to this Yahoo Sports article. But the mispronunciations got so out of hand that Qatari state essentially gave up on authentically, gave up on authenticity and accepted a few of them. <laughs> they gave up. The pronunciation in English is different because the word uses two letters that only exist in Arabic. Oh, says Ali Al-Sansara, okay. Um, a Qatari government media attache told Yahoo Sports via email the accepted pronunciation would sound like saying Qatar. In other words, what you hear when you pronounce how to pronounce Qatar is fine, but another way that also works is Couture. So what the hell? So they, they're telling you there's more than one pronunciation? They they're very they have a very guttural language as well. But he says Al Sansari added, but sometimes that sounds like the gutter. So we prefer Qatar. Okay. Other Arabic speakers have explained that the English word closest to the native pronunciation might actually be guitar. In Gulf dialects, the first consonant in Qatar is more like a G than a hard C. Okay, so guitar. Guitar? What? <laughs> but the proper pronunciation, the one that will roll off of local tongues through the World Cup, cannot be spelled out with a Latin alphabet. If you want to learn, it says your best bet is YouTube. Lord have mercy. So we need to hear... Hold on. We need a... Um, hold on. This is an Arabic person. All right, so hold on. They're, they're going to tell us how to pronounce it. Let me just share the screen. I think it's one of those things that only an Arabic person really knows the down low on. Mm -hmm. Hold on, Denny. Let's see what they got to say. All right. Q-tip time, everyone. Mr. Q, your friendly neighborhood guitar here. And today we're going to answer Qatari. a very, very important question. How do you pronounce 
my country. Now I've gone ahead and noticed that a lot of foreigners are teaching foreigners how to pronounce Qatar. Yes. Qatar. A lot of people are saying Qatar. 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 But is that really the true pronunciation? Now I decided to go ahead and mm -hmm. go on YouTube and type how to pronounce Qatar just to see what I find. Qatar. And I found a lot of wrong stuff. So when you take a look at RT America, you have this guy. So somebody says, stop saying Qatar. It's Qatar. Like Qatar. Repeat. Qatar. Somebody else who also wrote to us, she says, why do you keep calling it Qatar? So these comments sparked a huge debate right behind me over there in our newsroom with everybody arguing about whether it's Qatar or Qatar. So here's a definitive answer from our own resident expert, our mm -hmm. RT Arabic correspondent, Ahmed Al-Hazim, said the correct pronunciation is Qatar. Qatar. Not Qatar, not Qatar, but Qatar, accent for a syllable, as in cutting the tar. Cut the tar that is like on your roof. Is that clear? The irony of it all? Cutter is actually closer to the official pronunciation. <laughs> so then I got tagged in this too. Oh my God. Where someone from MSNBC asked an official correspondent who's supposed to know everything about Qatar. Cutter or Qatar? Qatar, 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 right Qatar. How do the locals pronounce it? I've actually heard it three different ways. And that's Cutter, Qatar, and Gutter. No. Listen, I respect you. I want you to respect me. We're all respecting each other right now. But no. Back. <laughs> then this video came out of nowhere where the title was How to Pronounce Middle Eastern Countries. Iran, Iranians, Iraq, Iraqis. And she didn't mention all of the Middle Eastern countries. And then she mentioned Pakistan. Everybody said Pakistan, Pakistanis. I mean, you, you can pronounce all of these countries the way that you want. Good video, lady. Bobby Gerlich. Actually, I might as well just call you because I can just pronounce it however I want. But then I found this video. I wanted to give a shout out to this guy. His username is The Arabic Student because he posted this. Hey everyone, today I'm gonna to be talking about how to pronounce the word Qatar, the nation of Qatar. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every consonant in the word is not found in English, Qatar. So just to recap, mm. the official pronunciation of my country is Qatar. Qatar. It's very guttural. Make sure you say it. Like, like in the throat. And you get Qatar. And locally, we don't say Qatar. We actually replace the Qa, Qaf with a G. So it becomes Guitar. So almost like guitar. Excellent! <laughs> no, it's not a guitar. It's Guitar. guitar. Also officially, just to be clear, mm, internationally, and I guess it's because maybe the British people like moved over to our country you know, very early on. Yes, you can also say Qatar. That's why when you go on to... Qatar Airways, they go and say, Qatar Airways. Qatar Airways. Qatar Airways. Qatar. So everybody says different things. So we've heard now, Qatar, Gutter, Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. What else do we hear? Qatar. Qatar. What is that? That's like an Australian, Australian girl, Qatar. <laughs> Look, guys, at the end of the day, I really hope that you can pronounce Qatar as Qatar because that's hyper-local. I appreciate it. So uh, yeah. I hope that you guys enjoyed this Q-tip. Don't forget to... All right. Guitar. 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 There we go. Danny? Guitar. <laughs> it's hard when, um, they, when they don't even have... We don't, we don't share an alphabet. Like, it's like, what? They're rolling their tongue, too. It's not, it's not just the rolling of the tongue. It's like in the throat. It's like a, That's why when I say guttural sound, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. They're, they're, they have a yeah, lot of languages yeah. that come from the throat. And in English, yeah. we don't really use the throat in that way for pronunciation of words. So yeah. um, it's like a deeper 
thing that you have to, you have to find it in there. What's, what's on your mind for the final time today? Uh, uh, an, another one of, um, of Soka's um, interventions. I noticed that when she, when she said to you about you can't have your cake and eat it too, uh-huh. you seem to be struggling with what she was saying. <clears throat> and what she was saying is that logically, what is literally being said doesn't make sense. Because you can't have your cake and eat it too and still have it. Therefore, it's more logical to say you can't eat your cake and then still have it. Mm-hmm. That's what she was saying. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> on the note, that video we were just watching, mm-hmm. that was fu- that was funny. Um, it was so stress relieving. We could leave the, <sighs> the drama for the day until another day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> we can forgive the government for today. All right, my dear. Very good. All right, later. Okay, so um, in the final analysis about the taxi, um, about the the woman picking up the guy, there was a nice uh, Samaritan that came forward, and she has volunteered to replace this lady's $100 with um, $100. So she's going to give her the money back. I was like, oh, that is so nice. So I'm going to facilitate that today. Um, she basically said anonymously, she said, I'd like to bless this person anonymously. Could I count on you to give her the money if I drop it by? I want to replace the hundred dollars that she lost. So I said, sure. Uh, just a demonstration that there's still good people in the world. I think most people in the world are actually really good people and they try to help each other out, but it's always those few bad seeds that make it bad for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it is our responsibility to expose the bad seeds because they impact our quality of life. These people going out there robbing and stealing from people and robbing people at gunpoint and all that, they're the bad seeds. They do not represent the majority of Caymanians. They do not represent the people who even come here, even the Jamaican scammers. They don't represent the majority of Jamaicans. It's just that Jamaica has a very large population. So right now, over 50% of our population, just about, are Jamaican nationals. But of that 50%, the vast majority of those people are good, law-abiding citizens. But if you take 10% or 5% and they make up 50%, so you take 10 or 5% of that, it's still enough people to make you shake your head and go, what on earth is going on here? And that's why tomorrow we have got to get back to this conversation of talking about these imported people that should not be here, whether they're here in a work permit or the marriages of convenience that are on the increase. Now they've taken to social media asking people to help them find a spouse, but they want a Caymanian spouse. What, what's so special about a Caymanian spouse, honey child? Go find somebody else. Caymanians are a dying breed. They don't need, what, what is it? About a Caymanian, other than the ability to stay in this country that you would find so attractive that that would be the number one thing that you're looking for. Like, I'm, I'm really perplexed. Like, you don't, you don't go out there, and we're going to have this conversation tomorrow on the show, but you don't go out there trying to pick a nationality. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I get the heart likes what it likes, but you shouldn't be out there going, oh, well, I, I have to find a Caymanian wife. I certainly wasn't going out there going, I need to find a Jamaican. <laughs> I mean, you know, or I need to find an American that was husband number one. That's not what you're looking for. I mean, at the time I lived in the States, it was more likely that I would have found an American in any event. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't, it reeks of the problems that we have of these so-called arranged marriages. And these people don't mean you any good eventually, and they don't mean the country no good. We need to put a stop to these arranged marriages. And I've got some ideas for immigration to clamp down on that one. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Stay tuned for news headlines with Kevin Wattler. You guys have a wonderful day. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 7.30. Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Teenage runaway Jasmine Ebanks has been located. Police say as they were returning her home on Saturday, the 14-year-old assaulted officers. She was then arrested for assaulting police. Also arrested was a 20-year-old man who was at the prospect location she was found. His arrest was on suspicion of harboring a young person, resisting arrest, in addition to outstanding warrants. Two men, one with an axe, robbed two people at a restaurant on North Church Street after their attempt to rob the establishment failed. Police say shortly after 10 Friday night, two masked men attempted to gain entry to the cash registers and the men were unable to access the registers but robbed two people at the location of cash and personal items. 36 robberies and attempted robberies have been confirmed so far this year, a significant increase compared to 2020 and 2021. This increase has pushed the overall robbery figures up almost 200%. In 2021, there were 19, which was a slight decrease from the 22 robberies from the previous year. However, for 2022 thus far, there have been a significant increase in armed robberies in particular, with 28 weapon-enabled robberies and attempted robberies committed this year, a jump of almost 400% when compared to the past two years. The vast majority of the robberies committed this year were committed over the past four months. Two physicians at Doctors Hospital were involved in a physical altercation on Friday. According to multiple sources, there was a disagreement between medical director Dr. Andrew Robinson and neurologist Dr. Azad Essak. It's alleged that Dr. Robinson assaulted Dr. Essak. Doctors Hospital issued a statement confirming that they have a zero-tolerance policy toward workplace violence. Premier the Honourable Wayne Panton issued a statement on Friday evening apologizing and taking full responsibility for the traffic gridlock that crippled thousands of people around Georgetown. Calling it an inexcusable traffic jam, he noted that he was also stuck in traffic and barely able to move. Mr. Panton said he was in contact with the police commissioner to ensure it does not happen again. CUC announced the closing of a U.S. $80 million debt offering, which was privately placed with institutional investors in the United States, with RBC Capital Markets acting as the sole placement agent. Proceeds from the debt offering of 5.88 senior unsecured debts due November 15, 2052, will be used to repay short-term debt and to finance ongoing additions and upgrades to CUC's generation and transmission and distribution systems. 
Twelve young Caymanian firefighters have joined the ranks of the Cayman Islands Fire Service with oaths to save lives and protect property throughout the Cayman Islands. The new firefighters, which comprise of one female and 11 males, were recognized in a recent graduation. Now for your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 636. Sunshine and clouds will be mixed when the temperatures at 86 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity is at 71% like the forecast calls for. It will feel like it's in the mid-90s. Winds east at 10 to 15 miles per hour and the sun sets at 545. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, tropical Caribbean weather with partly cloudy skies. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. A new study suggests that ships may be spreading a deadly coral disease across Florida and the Caribbean. The findings by scientists at the University of Miami could help establish testing and treatment methods to mitigate the risk of further disease spread. The University of Miami said on Tuesday that stony coral tissue loss disease, which destroys the soft tissue of at least 22 species of reef-building corals, killing them within weeks or months of becoming infected, was first observed near Miami in 2014 and has since spread throughout all of Florida's coral reefs and into the Caribbean, including waters of Jamaica, St. Martin, U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and Belize and the Cayman Islands. At the UN Climate Summit in Egypt, leaders of developing nations have repeatedly said it's not fair to expect them to cover the cost of rebuilding from devastating weather events in a warming world, plus invest in cleaner industry, while they also pay much higher interest rates on loans than rich nations. A plan put forward by Barbados Prime Minister Mia Motley would overhaul the way much of development lending works. It also is giving voice to developing nations struggling under rising debt from climate damage. Alcohol will not be sold to fans at the World Cup's eight stadiums in Qatar after FIFA changed its policy two days before the start of the tournament. Alcohol was set to be served in select areas within stadiums despite its sale being strictly controlled in the Muslim country. That's it for now on A Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. for tuning in to another episode of the cold hard truth on bobo 89.1 fm cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7 30 a.m never miss an episode again watch anytime on cmr's facebook and youtube channels for the latest show episodes don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit caymanmarlroad.com for all the latest news and community happenings 